popping up and down on your dick. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm going to shoot him, and then I'll check out his deck later. Guaranteed to blow your mouths, man. Little Bobby Cranberry again. Little Bobby Cranberry off the ass. Uh, okay, another heritage. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. Take you a nap. So mad, I don't even know what to say. I can feel the fucking evil. You can't. You can't. You can't. What? 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 That's why his body fell apart. That's the only reason. He'd still be in one piece otherwise. Everybody knows that. Hey, thanks for coming back for another one. It is November 1st, 2022 in this current timeline. And you're listening to Bull After Bull episode 201. I'm Sir Spencer. Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're a bowler. Just hanging out. In the bowl with us. Maybe bowling for the first time. Maybe bowling for the 201st time. If so, you crazy lunatic. What have you been doing over the last, what, seven years, did we decide? And where did you find episode one? Where did you find it? And can you email it to me, please? <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, no, it's, it's, it's around. It's in the feed, but you can't find it anywhere else. It's certainly not on my piece of shit WordPress site. Um, womp womp. Some people uh, actually got a message saying, hey, I like the WordPress site. It's like, Aww. it looks like a uh, bowling alley. It's cool. It makes me feel. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's because Lorian picked all of that shit out. Yeah. Back in the day. We just need to make it, uh, I don't know. It just needs an update. Yeah, I know. But it's still going to have that old bowling alley feel. Don't yeah, worry about yeah. that. We'll keep, we'll keep the feel the same. We'll just add some uh, things to it that need to be there. Some things I really have no excuse at this point not to have. Yeah, what are you doing? What am I doing? Oh, what I know I? what you're doing. 3D printing a bunch of cool shit. Yeah, that's correct. That was fun. That was fun. I have that right here written down, actually. 3D printing. That's what I've been doing. That's what I wrote down in my notes, too. 3D printing success. <laughs> we uh, talked with Alex of Control Pew uh, on a previous Bowls with Buds. That was $1.99. You can uh, find it at bowlswithbuds.com. That was the last Bowls with Buds we did. We haven't done one. But uh, he, he uh, inspired me back in. And really what he did was he linked me to the proper config uh, prints the proper test prints that I needed. Yeah. I needed to print the little cube out. He also kind of explained, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so bad at watching YouTube videos for certain things, like tech things. The tech stuff, nah. Uh, if I'm watching a YouTube video, it's got to be like um, car repair type, tractor, pull apart, skin your knuckles, physical things, you know? When I'm looking at tech stuff or calibrations or all that kind of thing, I don't know, for whatever reason, the YouTube doesn't sink in for me on those things. 
And so I'm just kind of like, mm, I don't get it. But talking, uh, talking to Alex, I just kind of got reinvigorated. And he gave me that XYZ calibration cube, which is uh, what I printed. Now, I tried to do a bed level, and I just, it, I, I don't know what I was doing wrong, but I just couldn't get it. Like, the base layer just would not adhere to the damn huh. base. And I think I was just, like, not close enough on certain parts. But then, like, other parts, it would just be scraping the bed. And, like, I can't have Ooh. that. I can't have it scraping the bed. It's too close. You want it almost scraping the bed. You want it so, like, you slide in a thin piece of paper. And I think a part of it was I just had, like, too thick of paper or something. I found this really thin paper that I used to kind of calibrate. And then I was also, I think, going too wide into the corners. I was going to, like, the far corners. When you're supposed to do it, like, right over the four, I don't know, what are they called, the plungers? Or, it's, like, right where you adjust that base, right where you adjust that bed. There's four little pillars or feet that you can screw in, screw out, screw up, screw down. You can get them just right to where the nozzle is just barely away from the print bed. So that's what I did, and uh, holy shit, it turns out you can print things. After that, printed these little skulls. Yeah, these, that was uh, your first print. That was my first, like, non-calibration print. Like, an actual fun print. You it, hear that? It's like, like a jewelry box that's a skull. It's really strange and, and fun. Uh, I printed the first one in purple. Because, you know, you know how we do. We have the purple-green motif. It's kind of like the oh, theme. Yeah. The theme colors. Great colors. The bowl colors. And they were, like, our colors before the bull color. Like, I, I live my life in purple and green. So, did the purple. It's, like, it's it's an all-in-one print. It prints out this, like, skull box with a hinge on. It opens up, and then it has these hooks on the side, all of which just work, like, right out of the print. <laughs> you know, you don't have to put anything together or assemble shit. It just works. It's just there. Which fascinated me, like, seeing this for the first time. And then it also prints out this little toy brain that comes in the, the left and right hemisphere, so it's in two pieces, and it just sits. Uh, you, can, you can hear it sitting right in there. And then you can close the skull. So I printed another one. It, I printed the first one in purple. It worked. I was thrilled. I printed another one and went to bed. That's the cool thing about 3D printers. Like, you know, a few hours. I think this was a six-hour print or something. You just hit print, and then, you know... I mean, I stayed to make sure, like, the first layer was hitting right. But after, like, watching it for four minutes, you just go to bed. You wake up, it's done. It's like a skull's sitting there. So I got the green brain, and I put it in the purple skull. Yeah, we printed a purple one and then the green one. And then yeah. mixed up the brains to the skulls. Yeah, that's that perfect contrast, you know? That contrast, man. And then... And then the girls were thrilled at this stuff that we could make, you know, out of plastic. <laughs> yeah. It was like their dream come true. And so we looked around uh, at Thingiverse together, thinking, you know, what other shit could we find that somebody else came up with to print? And they liked the Halloween-y stuff, so we did a pumpkin with a little lid hat and a ghost, and I put all those together in one print. The pumpkin bowl was, like, much smaller than the ghost. I was looking, like, as I was trying to do the slice. And so I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be kind of lame if one of them has, like, this small-ass pumpkin and the other one has a ghost that's, like, huge, so... I blew the ghost up to like 150, 150%. And that's another wild and cool thing about a 3D printer. You can just make it as big as you want. Or as small as you want, I guess, right? Big as you want, small as you want. I mean... Yeah, that's neat. You can tweak it. You can, uh, they call it remixing it. You can like download and, and change the design up completely. 
uh, and just base it off of something else. So yeah, now I have to learn these uh, CAD programs to actually make some uh, bowl after bowl stuff because yeah, that, you can't find that shit on Thingiverse. <laughs> you yeah, gotta make it yourself. So that'll be my next big challenge. Like I think that uh, anybody can you know download a file and print it that somebody else put together, but uh, next level is to make something uniquely yours. So. Definitely. The ghost and pumpkin were cool because you used that glow-in-the-dark filament. I did use glow-in-the-dark filament. I posted some pictures. Yeah, it looks awesome. On, uh, on, uh, well, on spook.social, in fact. I posted those uh, glowing ghost and pumpkin because it just seemed appropriate. And we've been playing around on spook.social. Where there are no server rules, so no one can tell you what to do. That's that's Booberry's new Masto instance, new Fetty instance. Over there at Behind the Schemes, he put that together. So we got ourselves a spook.social now. and uh, We're spooking around. Man, I've been thinking for uh, a while. Well, not thinking for a while. I have thought a couple of different times about making a bull instance. Yeah. And like every time I think about it for like 12 seconds, and then I think, you know, like out of all of the to-do <laughs> items that I don't do... I'm like, I don't need another one like that. Yeah. I was going to say, I've thought about it, and then it just ends. Like, the thought just dissipates. But thank God, Booberry, <laughs> Booberry did it. Yep. <laughs> so now I doubly don't have to do it. And Exactly. Uh, Thanks, Booberry. Yeah, uh, it's always good to have another Fetty sock puppet. Although, if, if it's actually you, oh, then it's not very sock puppety. No. But you know what I'm saying. Just another one. Just in case. Just in case uh, noagendas.social or noagendasocial.com gets a... It's a big agenda on me somehow, someday. I don't know. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. You can't predict these things. You can't predict the future. It's true. She always got to be ready, man. Always got to be ready. So the girls have been running around with their 3D printed Halloween goodies. And, you know, now they know they have to keep it under a light. And the bathroom has the brightest light. So they're <laughs> shutting the bathroom door with the lights on and these pumpkin and a ghost hanging out in there. And then they go put them places and play like hide and seek. But <laughs> the day after you printed them, our oldest, Rayla, she comes up to me and she goes, Mom, I think you should check the cabinets for ghosts. And I was like, oh, okay. And Asina, the three-year-old, she's like, what are you talking about? There's no ghosts in the cabinet. Because she knew that her older sister ruined the setup. And anyways, I went in the kitchen and I opened all the cupboards and stuff and ah, there was a 3D printed ghost in there glowing it's pretty cool but i also thought it was hilarious that my three-year-old is a little bit more in tune with comedy yeah or setups horror just, maybe than the five-year-old uh she has that finger on the pulse you know yeah <laughs> she's like what are you talking about she's there's like, no ghost it, man. yeah exactly but she also doesn't come out and say you're blowing it she's like still trying to be sly about it yeah she's clever man she is clever that's for sure she is rather clever yep Clever enough to get a bunch of candy this weekend. Oh, my God. We did so much Halloween stuff. I know. We didn't even try to either, I feel like. It just kind of rolled out. Yeah, we had no concrete plans up until Friday night when we found out they were doing a, I don't know, what did they call it? Spook fest or <laughs> spooky fest? Oh, uh, something about spooks. Yeah, there were spooks all about. It seems to be the theme of the uh, current year. Yeah, Spooky. Well, they had some spooky fest going on at the Science Center. What do they call it? Science City? I'll be a Kansas Cityan someday. 
Yeah, Science City at Union Station. Yeah, in the train station. And the girls, they just love going to the train station anyway, so we're like, oh, yeah, let's do that. We got our memberships. We can go whenever we want. And that was quite fun. They had, like, carnival kind of games and stuff, and they were giving out prizes and giving out candy. And the girls, they've already been doing circuit board stuff in their homeschooling. So when they entered Frankenstein's laboratory, where it was all electricity, they kind of knew what was going on, even though they were some of the younger kids in there, which was neat. Yeah, it gives you hope, right? (laughs) Yeah, because you look at the other parents, and you look at the other kids, and you think, oh, shit. They have, (laughs) uh, out of all the activities, the one that really, I don't know, I, I don't even know how to react to it exactly. They have one of these, like... Stim things, you know, it's like, uh, give your kids stim, stimulate stim, science, technology, <laughs> engineering, and uh, goofy gadgets. It's like this RC ball. Oh, that was weird. That you control with an iPad nearby. So I have to assume it's either Bluetooth or Wi Fi connection. I, I didn't really you didn't delve ask into questions. it too deep or ask questions or whatever, but it's like just like a little sphere that has a counterweight inside of it. And so you can. Use the uh, tablet interface to make it run around the room. And then another, um, like there's like a joystick that makes it, you know, roll around. And then another circle that's just a big color wheel. And you can change like the LED color to whatever color you want. That was pretty interesting. But it just didn't like, it wasn't purposeful. You know, there was like, there was no real point. Like it was fun in the sense that I'm a sucker for all RC shit. But I was just like, okay, so how is this on a tablet? Like, all it is is, like, a way more expensive version of the, you know, $15 RC 2-pack I used to buy at Radio Shack Yeah, when I was a kid, which yeah. can also go forwards and backwards and left and right, you know? You can make it do flips and stuff. Like, but but does it connect with an app? <laughs> no. It was interesting because... Also, no one seemed to have the hang of it, except for our three-year-old, who, like, once she figured it out, she was making that thing roll around. They had, like, a little obstacle course set up that they were supposed to move the ball around, but they kind of gave up on everyone (laughs) being able to do that. But Asina was rocking it. The lady was like, wow, you do this better than anyone else. And I was like, yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> I'm not buying yeah. you a tablet. Before she asks for like one for Christmas, let's, let's leave, please. Por favor. Seriously. Yeah. That was the room where they gave our kids jawbreakers, too. Mm. I was like, really? This is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Cotton Gin points out the A that they're trying to force into the STEM meme. Uh, changing STEM to STEAM by uh, oh. jamming an A in there for art. Science. Art. Science, technology, engineering, and math. They want to jam art up in there because, I don't know, They I guess they also feel underfunded. <laughs> <laughs> and they want in on the gravy train. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't either. It, it kind of reminds me, when we were walking through Crown Center to get to Union Station, they have a great toy store in there, and they have all these klutz books. Yes. And, like, activity things for kids and whatever. And one of them was make your own light up art, mm-hmm. but they didn't put steam on it. And you pointed that out. You're like, oh, they. All right. I don't remember if they hadn't. One yet, of their but- products had a steam 
meme on it, and the other ones just said stem. That's right. They just and said it stem. it seems like, I don't know, like... The just s- needs an update. The steam part just seems like a newer thing. Like somebody went, aha, you know? Like when LGBT went to oh. LGBTQIA++. Uh, yeah, exactly. Pentatonic Infinity. More flair. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, wait, but also me. Yeah. Except you. There's going to be one letter that's just no. No H. The M in STEM is now mustache. Because <laughs> fuck math. Math is racist. That's right. The outdoor play center at Science City is awesome. Where they have those... <laughs> they look like giant potato chips stacked They do. Up. They look like red and white Pringles that are like woven into a spider web. Yeah, and they go, what, 50 feet up? And you can climb up the Pringles to the top? And you're netted in, so you're safe. But you can probably see pretty far from there. Yeah, I really wanted to get up there just to see the view, honestly. But Me too. We have to go on a day when there's no field trips and it's just the other weird homeschool families. Asina went to the very top. Yes, she did. Ray went like two levels up, I think, yeah. as high as she got. Yeah, but she's never been into that kind of stuff. Platforms no. and hopping up and down. We once had to rescue her from mm-hmm. something like that, <laughs> which was hilarious. That's right. <laughs> No, we did all and that so, stuff after the zoo. The zoo. When it mentioned the zoo. Boo at the zoo. Boo at the zoo. Everyone's got a great <laughs> Halloween gimmick around town. Kansas City is a very family-friendly city. Yeah. It's awesome. Trunk or treats everywhere. But yeah, boo at the zoo. So they have like the animals smashing pumpkins and all these tents set up, handing out candy and also kind of advertising for local businesses and such. Right. Like Kansas City Water was there handing out water yeah it was like we're standing in line and then we realized like this isn't candy oh this is just cups of water they're like filling out they're like filling up cups with water in it like here's your fluoride trick-or-treat right without my rso filter i I was like like, "Uh -uh." wait (laughs) wait are we uh standing in line for a cup of water let's keep going yeah it was good placement because it was after the potato chip tent so you oh, pop open yeah. your potato chips, and then you're like, shit. You get the salt going, man. and then you're like, oh, I'm thirsty. Need a glass of that Kansas City water. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was packed. I It was, was it su- was slammed. Yeah, I was surprised, because we've done Boo at the Zoo before, and it was not like that. <laughs> but lots of missing kids. It was wall to wall. Got a deal on our uh, membership upgrade cuz they've been emailing oh, yeah. me and I thought I thought I was too late. I thought I was going to get screwed cuz they've been emailing me for like probably a month and a half saying renew now and they've mailed me stuff in the mail. Renew now and you can save money. Yeah, $10 off. And I was just like dead. I was like I wanted to go up there in person and just do it. I could have done it online, but I'm just a tard, you know, I like get distracted. And I found out that we could go Get the one that includes all of the unlimited ride stuff over there. Or actually cheaper than what we paid last year for just the normal membership. So How? I was like, let's do that one. I mean, I know you figured it out, but it's, it still baffles me. It was divine providence, dude, because our membership expired two days after when we showed up for Boo at the Zoo. Yep. So it was still like, it was basically if you renew before you expire, then you can get this extra deal. So I was like, yeah. And they knock off money because county residents, because county taxes go into the zoo. So, all in all, uh, easily a great deal. Yeah, you can go as many times as you want for a full year. And now we have the thick laminated card. Yeah, not that bullcrap. Not a piece uh, of paper. Not that bullcrap shiny paper card. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like a the old one they give you is basically like a Ticketmaster ticket where it's printed on like slightly thicker than printer paper, but not but quite cardstock. You leave that thing in your wallet for three months and it's like almost invisible. Like it doesn't say anything anymore. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. It was a great deal. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a fantastic deal. And now I can ride the rides so my fat ass doesn't have to walk all the way to Africa when we go. <laughs> it's fantastic. And you can take the Sky Saw. Carrying children walking to Africa. It's not what you want to do. No. You can take the Sky Fari, too. Sky Fari is the best. It's basically a ski lift that goes up and over the center of the whole Africa exhibit and then back down on the other side of Africa. So you can use it either to ride from one side of Africa to the other on a ski lift. And you go over like the lions and antelopes and rhinoceros and giraffes, ostriches and giraffes and zebra, all that yep. ibexes. Oh yeah. Uh, or even better, and what we always do is you can get on it and you can ride all the way down, and then you can just stay on. You can just tell them, "No, we're staying on," and then you can ride all the way back. And you can see it twice, and then just get back on the tram, and oh, no, just not even paying for any of that anymore. But they implemented a new rule. Yeah, what's up with the new rule? No one under 36 inches can ride. Yeah, you gotta be three feet tall or three years old. And it just was like, A, what happened? Yeah, what happened? What happened? Because something had to have happened. And B, they probably they did a great job of squashing the story about it. Yeah, because I didn't hear anything. But so that, I don't know. Has Maybe that- it was just an insurance rule. Maybe insurance just said like, yo, if you want... You want to keep doing the Sky Fari thing? We got to have limits or well, something. I don't know. I was going to ask. Maybe nothing happened yet, and they just got ahead of it. When you were a kid, did they have the Sky Fari? See, C-Dubs just said in the chat, too, insurance happened. I, I think that's a, a huge possibility. When I was a kid, did they have the Sky Fari? Um, I don't remember it, but that doesn't necessarily mean they didn't have it. Yeah. You know? But okay. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. It's all right. It's a great excuse for me not to ride, because... <laughs> You hate it. I really dislike and it. I don't like uh, the ski lifts. I'm not, uh, you know. It makes me very nervous. And also, getting on is difficult for me. When I have <laughs> a kid leg. on each side, when they're both up there with me, and then they just like keep scooting their asses, I'm like, uh, just sit still. Just sit still. Just sit still. Yeah. I'm like, just sit all the way back. Sit back with your back against the thing. Yeah. They want to like scoot forward so their knees are just, and their feet are dangling, which <sighs> I get it. Like, that's the more comfortable way to sit. But it's like, you know, one wrong move and you're going to slip right through. It's a ski lift. Yeah. It's not like you're strapped to the thing or anything, you know? No, there's just a bar, like, a foot in front of you. Yeah, like, if you felt so inclined, you could just slip right out of there and tumble down to the lions if you wanted. Nothing's stopping you. But it doesn't happen. Doesn't, no, no. Never happened, as far as I know. As far as the... As uh, far as we know, yeah. As far as the Google News results uh, show, there's been uh, no incidents, so... And then... We got paid on Halloween. Well, our kids did. <laughs> yeah, we did get paid on we Halloween. We went trick-or-treating in your dad's small town. Mm-hmm. I, can you call it a small town? Is it a small town? I don't know. Yeah. North of the city. And it was nice, you know. They do the downtown business trick-or-treating because people are lame and don't want to hand out candy to kids in neighborhoods anymore. And so uh went there and then went up to the bingo hall where they... Made hot dogs for everyone and had a costume contest. And all three of our kids got a uh, winning ticket. They had like a parade of the kids. They made the kids walk in a circle in the parking lot. And then people were handing out cards to the kids. And then you'd go turn 
the card in to a guy dressed like a referee, and he gave them each five bucks. Hot damn. Five bucks, a hot dog. Now, for clarity, the bingo hall, it's it's the VFW, the VFW and the sorry. American Legion. <laughs> they do happen to do bingo up there every week, uh, among other things. But it's like I have some respect. <laughs> Dang nabbit. Listen, meow. <laughs> yeah, in this Halloween event that they put on, it's only an hour, uh, but it's in honor of someone who used to do it all the time for the kids. Throw a real Halloween bash, and next year is going to be their 100th anniversary. Mind-blowing. Yeah. But yeah, get paid to trick-or-treat. I'm down. Seems worth it. Get paid in uh, $5 bills and hot dogs. Yeah. Uh, Put both of them in the bank. Yep. I'm not huge on hot dogs, but the kids are, so it works. Yes, I, I agree. And you know what I can't believe? Not a single drug was found in their candy baskets. I know, yeah, there was no fentanyl, there was no... No medibles. No medibles, oh, no gummies, that's what no disappointed CBD, me the most, no, uh, no nothing. Nothing, was, it was just all high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, I was looking for my Weedos or <laughs> even D8 gummies, come on. No AR-15, says the chat. Uh, no, no, no nothing. nothing. No razor blades and apples. Um, Nope, no. There, all hype. There was one... Uh, Kind of chewed up looking piece of bubble gum though, <laughs> but they could have been a ki- one of our kids like just threw it in their hand or mouth or oh, something. Man. One of these businesses had like these Asian ladies in these inflatable dog suits, <laughs> and they had like who let the dogs out playing on loop, and then they would just like dance around every time it would like who let the dogs out, and then um when when C went up to her, she was like here you go, and she had been munching, she was handing out bags of chips. <laughs> Like, uh, I think it was like Cheez-It crackers or some shit. She had been munching on some of them, so she like pulls this bag of Cheez-Its out, and then she's like, oh no, that one's open, and puts it back, and uh, and then grabs another one. I was just like, uh, it had me dying. I don't know, just everything about it, the big dog costume and the way she said it, it was just wonderful. Yeah, the inflatable costumes are hilarious. They're all over now. Everyone's got to have inflatable costumes. I saw dragons, I saw... I, w- I thought there was like a blue ghost from Pac-Man, but it turned around and it's just like a weird blob monster. I was like, is this a, a character mm-hmm. I'm supposed to recognize or is just a blue like thing? It was like a blue goon. I don't know what it was. Me neither. Pigs. Our chiropractor. Our chiropractors were two pigs. I forgot all about that. Oh my God. I walked in there. I was like, wow, you guys are really going for this, aren't you? They really were. Yep. God, this seems like a pain in the ass walking yeah. around. You're just like bumping into everybody. You're waddling. You just look ridiculous in one of those. Which is the point. I get it. it. Like the effect works, you know? You look <laughs> like a fool. Um, I don't know. I think the probably the most prolific, most famous one is the T-Rex. Oh, of course. Where the head is way up in the wind, just like blowing around. But yeah. It's a lazy costume, C-Dub says. I agree. Low so effort. So 2000. <laughs> Low effort. You got to change the double A's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> High effort and shout outs to, uh, to Kyle out of Omaha. Yeah. Who made himself into a playable Pac-Man arcade system. Epic. And actually reverse trick-or-treated because he just uh, had a little box in there and a kid could put candy into the slot and then he would hit the coin button, and they could play Pac-Man. Wow. And so he just stood in one spot and didn't have to trick-or-treat. Genius. A brilliant idea. Now that's a costume I could get inside and wear around. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, all I did was my like. If you think blow up costumes are lazy, my costume is lazy. It's a it's a black cloak with a hood <laughs> that I've just thrown on probably I don't know every third Halloween since I was nineteen and I first got this thing. Nice. It's just like a black cloak with a hood on it. I tie it around whatever street clothes I'm wearing, and then I'm Halloweened up. I'm like, you know, no one ever even asks me what I am. I've never been asked, what are you? Just wearing a cloak. The girls were trying to figure it out. Or girls. They thought I was Super Dad. Yep. Super Dad Dracula. Super Dad Dracula. It seems good to me. Yeah. I I disappointed myself this year because it's the first year I didn't hand make the kids' costumes. Yeah, we got a lot going on. Yeah. I was a woman carrying a pumpkin. <laughs> you were you were a big round lady. Yeah. I had a an orange tank top on with some uh gingham on top, like a little gingham sweater thing and, ging, 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 and then ging. I just kept holding my belly so it looked like I was carrying a pumpkin around. <laughs> but yeah. It was uh extremely effective. Yeah, it was. Everyone asked about the pumpkin, so that was cool. Yes. Well, you know what else is cool? The bowlers? The bowlers who keep bowling, bowling, bowling. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And we always want to thank them for keeping the show bowling. We are a value for value production. And we very much appreciate uh, everybody who gets value out of this show and lets us know by returning that value to us in the form of, oh, all kinds of stuff. You know, we get links throughout the week. People see a news story and they think of us and they send it. Uh, we get ISOs sent, some audio clips. Uh, things yeah. like our lovely voicemail reminder. Episode art. Good episode art submitted, uh, including a beautiful one from Fletcher last time around. Yeah. And uh, just all kinds of stuff. And uh, as, as Adam Curry always says, time, talent, and treasure. There's lots of ways that uh, value can just get put back in this feedback loop uh, that, we, that we call the value for value lifestyle. And, of course, for those that send in their treasure, we always want to thank those people right up front. And we did get some serious activity over on the PayPalage. Oh, wow. Cool. This week, which uh, I like to thank everyone. You can find that, by the way, by hitting the donate button at the bottom of bullafterbull.com. It's on all the pages. And uh, Kevin S. is back. You know Kevin S. The, of the uh, central coast of California. Woo! He gives us a $5 a month. Um <laughs> And we're bowling. All cash, baby. So we thank you for that very much. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, also, Baron Giant's back. Yeah, Baron Giant. Thank you for the value for value. He sends in a uh, three thirty-three with a note. He says, "Love is lit, like this bowl." That's right. Well, we couldn't agree more. So here's a here's a lit rip of a bowl for you, sir. Take it all the way in. There you go. Clear it. Oh, shit. And uh, look who's back. It's our buddy Zune. Zune. Also known as A1 South. Shout out. Shout out. I do have a shout out uh, for Zuni. Um, of course, you got to put me on the spot for it. He did send a note, which is much love to Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Uh, he further says, one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Oh, uh, so much goodness. Cheers and excellent karma to you in this fall and the approaching winter. May the big spirit in the wherever provide great goat karma to you two and all fellow bowlers. Very well, thank nice. Thank you. So it goes around. See, 
All fellow bowlers. Oh my god, yes. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Someday Spence will find the shout out button. Shout out. Shout out. Yes. There's your shout out. Bowl shout after out. bowl. Bowl after bowl. <laughs> Underused. Oh uh, yeah. That's a great one. I love that. Uh so Thanks, thank you. Soon. Thank you, bowlers. Um uh, on the payamage palamage. Did I say ten bucks? Uh ten bucks, thank you. I may have forgotten the the amount. Now that I'm looking at it. Uh, you're also hearing some pins getting slapped by some balls as I'm talking. That sound is the sound of a boostagram hitting in real time. We're talking about lightning network payments. Little pieces of Bitcoin flying into the bowl, knocking pins all over the place, and uh, coming with a little message attached to it. A message which you can, by the way, read in the chat thanks to the boost bot. Uh, he is named Boost After Boost in here. But uh, C-Dubs, the resident coding genius, came up with the boost bots. And uh, lots of bowlers help maintain that, work on that. And uh, it even gives you little spicy emojis, depending on the amount boosted. Uh, Like, for instance, the most recent one for 10101 coming in, uh, gives you these little bowling pins and a little flame emoji for the big spenders. So loving that. Yeah. Uh, love that interaction. Look at that pin action. Gotta love the oh. pin action. Gotta love the pin action. And look at this pin action. Oh. Oh. And we like to start with uh, the last show who came in um, right after the show ended. It was Hey Citizen. He was coming in from Podverse, and he likes to do that. 69! 69, dudes! He says, uh, science! It's time to start thinking about looking at where the present said... About the classification of these sets. <laughs> He's referring to the Gupta clips I brought last time. Yes, indeed. Calling the president the present. Yes. Ah, uh, the present. Thanks, hey, citizen. Cheers. And he comes in right again. 69! 69, dudes! Uh, he comes in again with a 69-69, just saying, boost. Fantastic. I think I have a... Boost. That's one of those way too long ones, but yes, I do have one on the board. Thank you. Uh, 120 sats from Baroness Love and Light, who says, uh, that's out of Fountain, by the way, appliances are nerdier than cats. Well, that was for your Meatus Pod episode. Oh, you're right. Wow. Look at that. I didn't even see that. Appliances are nettier than cats. She says nettier, and I think that's actually <laughs> technically more accurate. Uh-huh. Cats are hardly at all netty. Uh, 20,420 out of Fountain Woo. from uh, Johnny Poutseed. Hey, Johnny Poutseed. Johnny cool. Poutseed's back. He says, wow, 200, that's pretty grand. P.S. Did they ever figure out why he was sand? <laughs> <laughs> oh, your, uh, your Power Rangers thing. I was just too far behind the curtain. I would not hear the voice of reason saying that the dude is a hologram. Oh, and man. not sand. I, was, I don't know what was up with that thought. <laughs> he did it like a poem, I guess. Wow, that's 200. That's pretty grand. P.S. Did they figure out why he was sand? Nice. I I'd only just. Is it a limerick? <laughs> I wonder if he knowed it, if he was a poet and he knowed it. I don't know. I see Johnny Pout see it as like uh, this ancient guy that has no business sending boostograms. Like, how is he doing it? <laughs> he just seems, I don't know, like a guy that was. Uh, poking seeds into the dirt walking across the country and like the 
the land, the time of Forrest Gump or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Baroness Love and Light, 333. Oh, that's another Metis Pod boost. Uh, by the way. And that one's for my episode. That one's for Ooh. your episode, 333. Yes. Uh, we've been on a couple Metis Pods, so check those out. Metis is always doing some uh, uh, dramatic readings. And I saw he had a new one out. I, I Yeah. The, the name escapes me at the moment, but... Already a fire. Already cranking we a new one out, out. So, yeah, check out Meatus Pod. Check I, out Meatus Pod and uh, sorry. I was just gonna say I love them. The little short stories. Oh yeah, definitely. It brings me back to my early podcast listening days. There is a uh, podcast I liked that was all spooky stories that people had written and shared online. It was pretty cool. It was. And now Meatus is doing it. It was v the for cool, v. coolness, man. The V for V stuff. You got to check that out. Uh, 3333 from our boy Servo. That's boosting from Crontab. That's the Pacific 420 boost, which I got the node right back up just in time for that. I knew I had to, I knew I had to repair that and get it back syncing and online in time for our 420 Pacific boost from Servo's Crontab. So thank you, sir. That coming out of Boost CLI, by the way, a very snazzy way to boost some people directly from your own node. Uh, 20,111 out of Fountain from our boy Lavish. Lavish. Personally, I've had sex. And uh, he <laughs> says, episode two oh my. Very nice. 201, two oh my. Very legal. Behind the schemes. Check them out. Monday nights. Uh, um, Servo points out it's not 420 specific, it's 220 specific. And he's right, because I always oh. I read it as 1420 which is actually 2 220 which is 420 here it's 420 our time in the bowl <laughs> bowl time the bowl zone so yes same bowl time same bowl channel yes thank you thanks servo thank you for clarifying that so yeah we are in central <laughs> i i don't know what the hell day it is even i thought it was uh april 1st 2022 i i really did <laughs> I, I considered doing that as the gag when i read it and then i was like no nah, i'm going to say it right I want to look like I know what's going on for one time. <laughs> okay. Um, that's cute. It probably would have been good. Uh, 420 sats from Podverse. That's from Toke Tester. He tests the Tokes, and he says, test Toke Toasted. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Toke Tester. Always uh, always appreciate the uh, Toke being tested. Because with all these L&D bugs going around, you know, everyone's got to Toke some tests. Uh, constantly. we got to be on the constant guard... Always texting, always toking, always toke testing. <laughs> 7337 sats. What a beautiful number. Woo. Coming out of CurioCaster on that live tag. That's from N4VX. All right. Thanks, our, N4VX. Our buddy N4VX uh, says, ITB friends requesting some upcoming Missouri deer hunting karma and such. I think I have just the thing. <laughs> you will punch a deer to death now. Uh, with the Missouri Smash Karma. First trip to the Midwest. Hey, hey. Wow, welcome. Uh, and I heard you got some decent barbecue in the Kansas City area. Uh, only the best in the world. Recommendations. Do I have recommendations? Uh, well, I did tell InvortVX in the chat earlier that uh, some of the finest barbecue in the city comes from the back porch over here. Oh, yes. In the swope. Um, but we also, yes, have major recommendations around town. Uh, because yes, some of the greatest, some of the greatest barbecue comes from here. Kansas City Joe's, Fiorella Jack's Tech, Arthur Bryant's, 
uh, Gates. A lot of it goes way back to the beginnings, to the origins. Uh, in fact, Gates and Arthur Bryant's both trace back to the actual granddaddy uh, of Kansas City Barbecue. So, yes, yes, and hell yes, I've got recommendations. Uh, and we'd be happy to show you where they're at. Yeah. If you're uh, in town, hit us up. Definitely. He comes in again, 1111 Sats from CurioCaster. In4VX says, lit on 11-122. So just confirming we are lit. Uh, we flipped to the lit. He was pre-boosting that first time the live item tag. And uh, he mentioned something about a date being incorrect. That was my uh, my pending uh, time, date time, whatever. It's like, uh, I don't know. I'm too dumb to know the actual spec. Yeah, date, time, whatever. That's a very technical term. But uh, you need a two-digit day, and I had 11-1 or I had 11-1 instead of 11-01. So uh... that, was, that was my fault. I'm such a dork about it. So I fixed it. I fixed it now that it's in the live tag and we're lit and everything's cool. Everything's groovy. It's all rolling in. It's all coming up strikes here in the bowl. Uh, 4269 from our boy Harv Hat. Who always likes to slap us with that number when he sees that uh, live notification pop up in Podverse. Uh, and this indeed does come from Podverse. I am excited. I really want to try out this Android Auto thing that I've been hearing about. Um, which I may be able to try out uh, maybe in like a month or two. Oh, so, cool. Uh, uh, Podverse has it. Fountain has implemented it in their latest update. Um it's all the hype. I keep seeing screenshots, and I want to. I want to know what it's all about. I want to see because, you know, uh, the whole. I don't know. Our our car has a dog crap interface, and it doesn't have no <laughs> fancy Android Auto or whatever or Apple Auto. We don't have an Apple phone anyway, but it doesn't have none of it. it. Just has this like. It seems. It feels like a 2010. Uh, UI and it experience feels like some bootleg piece of shit I would have ordered off of eBay. It does. It seems. It it's feels lame. It feels aftermarket. Aftermarket. Yeah. <laughs> feels very aftermarket. Feels like ten to twelve years out of date. It's was the most disappointing thing about that vehicle. Yep. But hey, I'm not here to bitch about it. Uh, one hundred one hundred one from C Dubs. I had mentioned that rolling in earlier, and uh, he's got the guy with the arms outstretched like the Y in YMCA. And then he comes in 10101 again. Oh. Uh, arms are going off to the left there, left side of my screen. And then 10101 again, the arms are going over to the right. Woohoo! That's uh, 30303 all together. Nice. Thanks, C Dubs. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, then Servo comes in with a multi boost. Uh, I think he was testing something out. Uh, he was just kind of seeing what would happen. And it looks like the boost bot and the chat both picked them up in the same order. He just fired off four payments right away at a boost CLI, and he said one, two, three, four. I assume I have to assume, which I know what that does, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, and we received them in this order: one, four, three, two. Hmm. One, four, three, two, and he sent one, two, three, four. What you doing there, two? Yeah, exactly. Cotton Gin demands a, a, a call once there's a Bluetooth boost button, and um, yes, I would agree with that. Servo is here to bitch about it, by the way. I said I was not, but uh, he is, so you can get with him in the bowl. You can go to bullafterbull.com, click on Listen Live, and you too can join the party over there in the IRC chat. That's where everybody hangs out. We call it the bowl, and uh, that's where we roll in the bowl. Uh, talk shit, get lit, spread some love. All of that kind of stuff goes on in the bowl. And uh, also obscene pictures sometimes every once in a while. You never really know what's going to happen. 
Yeah, that's why you gotta hop in there. Gotta hop in there. Uh, other ways? Other ways to get in touch with us? Oh, well, there's the simplest form of contributing value to the bowl, and that is to participate in our first time I ever topic. Every week, we want to hear about the first time you ever did something, and this week, it's the first time you ever went to a haunted house. So if you want to tell us about it, all you got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of We'll play your voicemails. We won't screen them. And if you have poor reception or your voice shy, you can text us. That's right. Last week, we totally forgot to uh, give the Sir Seat Setter voicemail blessing, and it directly affected the voicemail numbers. So It's true. Uh, never again. Never again. It's all my fault. Well, it was too honey, and we kind of got uh, pretty deep into it anyway. So Yeah. That was a long one. We alerted the affiliates that uh, we were reaching for the... Reaching for the future. Also, uh, you know, Lorian said that calling the bull is the easiest way, but even easier is just passing the bull. Oh, true. Just uh, pass it to somebody cool, not somebody who's a fool. You know the one. Because, uh, you know, passing the bull in the wrong circle can get you in some trouble, so you always got to be careful. Yeah. But uh, we also do appreciate the bull passage. That way we grow sustainably, but also, like, coolly, you know? Yeah, coolie. Want any, want any troublemakers in here? No. Just everybody who's cool, man. That's all. The bowlers. And the bowlers are very cool, and we thank you so much. Uh, and we love you. That's why we shout you out and thank you right here up front at the top. Uh, right before we roll into what has become probably my favorite segment, we call it... Ah, yes, really makes you want to build a node, despite any kind of uh, thing you might have heard from anybody else about it's, like, frustrating or it makes you angry. That frustration, I actually, I vent sometimes about it, but it also, like, I live on that kind of shit, you know? It's, uh, it's the fire that fuels me. So, in that light, Lorian, would you like to hear the good news that I forgot to say last time, or the sort of baddish but more breaking news of the day? Oh, uh, let's start First. with the good news from last time. Let's do the good news from last time. Uh, in my stupor and my uh, 200 celebration, I had forgot to mention the good news that Hoddlenot won his trial and prevailed over Fake Toshi, also known as uh, oh. Craig Wright, also known as Craig Wrong, Wrong, <laughs> oh so wrong, uh, who claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto, but frequently steps on his own dick when discussing Bitcoin. Um, obviously saying things that contradict Satoshi's original posts and forum posts and known, uh, known statements. Um, his court case was, uh, kind of a circus when it came to his part of the, uh, let's say evidence. And yeah, the court found that he's full of shit and that Holonaut should not be, uh, found, uh, you know, accountable for any liable or for any damages relating to tweets that he sent, saying uh, what essentially the court found to be true or reasonably true, that uh, Craig White is a big scamming, full of shit idiot. 
And a lot of his evidence that he brought was documents that uh, appeared to be altered or forged. Wow. He's never done uh, any kind of easy proof of him being Satoshi, such as uh, like signing a message with the keys to the original kind of Satoshi Bitcoins. And, uh, you know, if you haven't done the Craig Wright rabbit hole yet, it doesn't take that long. It doesn't take that long to just kind of parse through it and see that clearly the guy can't back up uh, what he says. So that was nice. That was cool. And that was also so last week because, man, uh, in the wonderful world of lightning, things keep on happening, keep on happening. Uh, today, everybody's talking about a fresh L&D bug. You remember a couple weeks ago we had an L&D bug, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, slightly known slash unknown maniac Burak, or however the hell you say it, he's at it again. He's the guy who sent a 998 out of 999 multi-sig transaction that broke only L&D nodes and not any Eclair nodes and not any Core Lightning nodes, but only the L&D nodes. Basically, the library that they use in conjunction with the, the Bitcoin daemon there caused this weird error where they appeared to be out of sync and they were blind as to the... Ch- the uh, blockchain's status after anything after that big ass transaction went through couldn't parse it it was too big it was too big so uh same thing happened today a uh, slightly different transaction uh slightly more ridiculous transaction really i think last time it was like a seven dollar fee to send some bitcoin that he actually you know sent some he, pay, he like i don't know the fee was something like 10 times the the actual transaction amount or something I would have to go back in time and look up the actual numbers. Today, though, uh, he sent a transaction just to do uh, essentially a message. So there was no actual transaction output. It was called what is called an OP return. So Mm. an OP return is sort of a way that was put in uh, Bitcoin Core Release 0.9.0. It allows you to essentially store arbitrary data on the blockchain, even though it's not recommended to do so, uh, it kind of allows you to make an unspendable output that includes a message. His message he decided to include was, uh, you'll run CLN and you'll be happy. So he is a, I believe, compensated uh, Core Lightning dev according to the nonsense back and forths on Twitter, which you always have to take with a grain of salt. And I see a lot of angles on this. Uh, So this time what he did was he sent that with like half a million witnesses that were all empty. And so the entire transaction ended up being like 500 kilobytes or something. I don't know. Very big for a transaction. Virtual size of 125 kilobytes. Roughly. Roughly, roughly. So what it did was the same thing that happened two weeks ago. All of the L&D nodes couldn't see the chain past this transaction. And I don't know, for for, for myself, I, I kind of see all sides of it, right? I don't, I find it a pain in the ass that I have to go fix my node, right? And everybody else has to fix their node at the same time. And now everybody's on the same, either everyone's on the same version of L&D, which now is 0.15.4 beta. By the way, if, you're, if this is your first time hearing this and you're running an L&D node, you better go check it out and you better go update. Uh, because uh, your channels are kind of vulnerable after the time lock if you don't update, which is like 
two weeks, I think, is the default. So you could get uh, jimmied with if you don't update. Is like the TLDR boiled down version of it. Um, I'm seeing reports that different users already did report this bug as far back as two weeks ago mm. to uh, Lightning Labs. And essentially the report is that they like either didn't do anything about it or haven't got around to it yet. And uh, well, they sure as shit got their uh, asses in gear after the bug happened again. Um, that was Anthony Towns who claimed he disclosed this bug to L and D devs two weeks ago. So there's a lot of different initial reactions, right? Like a lot of pe- guys, a lot of people are calling this Barack guy an asshole, uh, saying why don't you do this on testnet, bro? Which he claims he did. Uh, why don't you de- disclose this normally instead of breaking everybody's L and D node? Uh, somebody else claimed they did. So I get it on both sides, right? Like. Could we do this maybe in a way that doesn't fuck up the entire network of L&D nodes? That would be nice. But what if that's just not working? What if L&D needs the fire under their ass in order to put these fixes out? Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the way that they're playing it. I don't know. So there's a lot of opinions saying, well, you know, Lightning Labs is more fixated on putting out these features than fixing their bugs first. Uh, and so, you know, drastic measures have to be taken. Other people argue, hey, would you rather have this guy doing it out in the open and breaking it and making it fixed and making it more resilient? Or would you rather have bad actors doing it in coordination and trying to, you know, fuck with people's uh, channels and, and, and wreck shit? So, I don't know. For me, like, it's a pain in my ass for sure. But it also forces me to learn about, you know, witnesses. It forces me to learn about... Uh, these uh, th- these messages, the OP yeah. output and shit like this. Like, I-, I never knew any of this before. I didn't know what this is. It's like, you-, you dig a little bit into why does it break. And so you learn a little bit more. I can see both sides. It's kind of annoying, but I can also see how he's like, like this sort of uh, anti-hero guy for it. Um, and it just really makes you wonder. So a lot of people are switching over to Core Lightning because Core Lightning doesn't have this behavior. And so now everybody has to take a hard look at that. So, I don't know. Hopefully, I would hope these two incidents uh, just make Ellen uh, Lightning Labs and the L&D devs kind of rethink their process. Another thing a lot I saw a lot of on Twitter, because it's just fucking hot takes on hot takes. And, uh, I don't know, even that gets pretty annoying uh, after a very short time. Uh, and a lot of people were saying oh, there's this many issues. There's like over 400 issues on their GitHub. And that reminded me of something Dave Jones had said recently about the podcast index and how, oh, like people are saying we have all these issues, but me as like the the project lead, I don't know if I want to like go in there and delete people's issues if they feel they have like a, you know, an issue that needs to be addressed. Um, And, you know, issues pile up on you after a while and it's hard to kind of parse through, okay, what's important, what's not, what are we working on, what needs to be backburnered. So, I don't know. For me, it's very nuanced. I see all sides of it. There's not really a silver bullet solution. If there was, we wouldn't even be talking about any of this anyway. But, update your fucking node, man. Like, uh, if you think it's running, it might not be. It will still route, by the way. It'll still route payments. So, if you just leave it online, if you're, like, slammed with routing or whatever, if you want to wait till, like, a uh, routing cools off, that was the exact behavior I experienced last time. Was, like... On the Raspy Blitz, you'll get to that syncing screen where Bitcoin is 100% synced 
lightning is 100% synced, but like your Thunderhub won't connect or, you know, nothing, nothing works if you try to like play with your node, but routing will still happen. Like you're still getting payments routed. So, ah, it's just a big pain in the ass at the end of the day. Yeah. The grand conclusion of things. I had to update my umbral. You did? You did some <laughs> node, uh, node work, didn't you? Yeah, I clicked a button. Clicked a mm. button. Look at this. Because Umbral is the Mac OS of this world. <laughs> of the nodes. <laughs> yeah. It's simple. It's stupid simple. I think I'm, it's like 05.2 or something. Ah, uh, yes. This latest the, update that, I did. That point two. I was reading about that in some uh, back channels of the chatter. As I was reading everybody uh, both praising and shitting on <laughs> Uh, the source of this, uh, source of this, uh, uh, Elizabeth Stark was all like, oh, this guy is paid by Core Lightning. And so it was just kind of like a implementation war all of a sudden, instead of like a just, just fucking fix your shit, please. You know, like the one time, okay, the one time, the one time, okay, this guy, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, stick your head in doo-doo, he got you, right? And he's a jerk and your pants were down. The second time, the second time you're embarrassed, hopefully. hopefully. The second time is fucking embarrassing, okay? The second time people are going over to Core Lightning, like, in swarms. And, and I'm not doing that, probably, but it's making me consider what I'm going to do with this second node, which I have been playing with. Uh, it's not a node yet, but it is the uh, Think Center that I want to, you know... It's got a little bit more processing power than just a Pi board. Yeah. And I did put Ubuntu on it. I got a up and going i wanted to try out and i've been talking about this sensei node for a while and it starts with an i installed injiri on it nigiri 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 yeah n-i-g-i-r-i yeah like the like the sushi that's not sushi but it's nigiri yeah (laughs) the fish (laughs) hard g is it hard g i don't know i don't speak japanese anyway I installed that, and I don't know if it's a. Uh, it, it implements Liquid, which is a Bitcoin sidechain, optionally. So I did uh, add the Liquid too. It has this block explorer in the web view, and I don't know if I'm on this weird testnet situation or what the fuck is going on, but it just showed like block height 101, but the timestamp was like of the day that I installed it. So, like, it's very confusing to me, and I was just trying mm. to like play around and figure out what the hell am I doing? Where am I? And uh, I really couldn't parse through it. But you need some sort of a Bitcoin D instance running in order to install the Sensei node, which then I did on top, and I got that running, and you can spin up nodes. So you can spin up like several nodes all on one master node. So if you want to Uncle Jim people on... I don't know. That was something I thought about for a while or like what if I had a, you know, a service that onboards artists and I can make their nodes for them so they can have value tags. Different things like that. What could I do? So I don't know. It didn't really seem like I was on the correct uh, true Bitcoin blockchain. So I will have to do some more digging and research. But that also brings me to another piece of news that happened over the last week. And that is that Zero Fee Routing, our good buddy, uh, has decided to call a hiatus, an indefinite hiatus on running the Zero Fee Routing node, Yeah, which was an enormous, heavy-hitting node. Uh, just in September, Zero Fee routed 376 Bitcoin. Wow. Uh, second only to River Financial 
in Bitcoin routed for September. I was looking at some stats. Uh, at the current price, it's over $77 million worth of uh, Bitcoin routed for no fee uh, by his note. And he was easily the highest provider of inbound liquidity to uh, both of our nodes Yep. throughout the last few months. So we're definitely going to miss him, man. And he would always, he was so cool to me. He would reach out and uh, on Twitter anytime, like our channels force closed several times because of my damn node. Uh, your your channel with him was just fine forever. Yeah, because I guess Woo-hoo. just Umbral is just low maintenance. It's super low maintenance. Uh, I just have to update my channel. Force closed a number of times, and I would always reach out to him, and he was so cool. And just be, he would basically take the channel state. He would look at the previous channel state and see how much flowed through, and then only charge me for like the extra liquidity to reopen a ten million sat channel. You know, so like uh, if if the channel force closed and 8 million was still on his side, he'd just charge me for a 2 million channel and open back the original 10. So like he was so sweet to me. Um, even though I was just like farting up my node loudly <laughs> over and over again. So I've actually talked to him and bowlers don't tell anybody yet, but uh, we're in talks to get him on a bulls with buds. I would like to have him come on. I'd like to have him discuss some of his techniques, maybe some of his advice uh, he did switch from LND to CLN way before, or to CLN, from LND to Core Lightning, uh, way before any of this bullshit bug started uh, with LND. And so I think that he kind of has an opinion on that sort of war, which I'm interested to hear. But I also just want to hear, you know, what hardware was he running and like what implementation I should run on this, on this Think Center. Because I'm really strongly just considering. Uh, building another Raspy Blitz out of it because that's the one I'm just most familiar with, right? And I just want one that's just dedicated to routing. I think that's what I want my next goal to be. I don't necessarily want to Uncle Jim people. I think Albie's doing that really well. I think there's other implementations that are going to be doing it way better than I could. And I just want something that will route and I can dedicate routing to that and then pull more of like a podcast-centric thing going on to the Raspy Blitz on the pie that I already have. So that it's not overworked, you know? Yeah. Like, I just, I think that, uh, I think that with routing nodes, it just seems to me, and I know Harv had has said this, and Servo, and Cotton Gin, we've all kind of talked about this in the chat, uh, and C-dubs as well, how these Raspberry Pis just don't seem to be where it's at for, once routing starts really picking up and your routing traffic actually starts regularly going through. Um, and that's that's what I want to kind of dedicate this new machine to, you know? Something that has a little more processing power. Yeah. How does he make money? Everyone asks, how does he make money? Uh, that was so funny, and I think that uh, that's one of the questions I really would love to ask him if we sit down together with him. Uh, I was wilded out, so... I, I should say he said that he was stepping away because his second child's about to be born and um, he just has to spend more time with his family and less time with his node. Now, he alluded to he was trying to come up with a way where he wouldn't have to spend as much time with his node and for whatever reason that didn't end up working out. And so after, you know, I take him at his word, by the way, for all of this because that's all I really can do. I like... I've interacted with him over Twitter and he's always been good to me. And so like, I take him at his word. Like, I don't think that, you know, could he have ulterior motives or some sort of thing? Like I just, there's so many 
uh, craziness when you talk to like uh, the guys in the Casey Bitcoiners group or other people about all this wild speculation, you know, like, oh, what if this is an attack? You see the channel, if you look at the Anboss stats that they just released and you zoom out, zoom out to one <sighs> month, zoom out to the past month, and you'll see two huge drops in channel count. One drop is the biggest one, and that's that first L&D bug that happened, and a shitload of channels got forced closed because everybody went offline, and different people came back on, different people didn't, and you just see a huge plummet in channels, and then it kind of levels out and starts going back up again, and then you see another drop, not as severe as the L&D bug, but probably about half of it, and that's zero-fee routing turning his node off and closing all his channels, so... Like, he had a lot of channels, but people are like, oh, like, what if it's an attack on the network and stuff? And I'm like, man, it's not an attack on the network. Like, I take the guy at his word that, you know, he's he's trying to spend more time with his family. Like, there's, yeah. I don't have any reason to doubt that. Um, you spend a lot of time with your node. I do. I do <laughs> spend a lot of time with her node. And it, uh, sometimes it can be frustrating. Yeah, time is quite but, valuable. Uh, yeah, exactly. And And that's another thing, like, uh, there's a lot of speculation of like, oh, I guess it wasn't profitable or not profitable enough or how is he making money? Um, he was selling liquidity on his node and you could buy it at zero, v, uh, zero fee routing dot, uh, I don't know if he had the com or the net or what it was, but it was all automatically set up where you just point, you'd plug in what, how many sats you wanted inbound, you'd put in your channel or you'd put in your node ID and then he'd generate a lightning invoice automatically you pay that lightning invoice, boom, the channel's pending open. Um, that was like fascinating to me. And he, and he sold liquidity cheaper than any of these other guys, plus zero fee, so it would actually push sats into your node. Uh, unlike, by the way, I did Ellen Big just to kind of replace some capacity uh, since he's gone. This Ellen Big channel, they've got their fucking fees, uh, they got the base fee at like two and a half or, th or something like that. And the... Uh, fee rate is also higher than mine on my side, so I'll probably have to jack up my side of the fee. But, like, I haven't got a single sat to flow through yet, you know? Oof. And I route stuff, and, and obviously the bowlers are boosting, and so, like, all the other, I guess all the other routes are better routes than, than Ellen Big's route, so what the fuck am I paying them for, you know? Uh, zero fee, charged less, provided way more routing, and, uh, it was just generally a kick-ass node. We're definitely going to miss the absolute hell out of him. But there's this question of profitability, but there's also, like, X amount of hours in a day. And, like, you could you could have a node that's making you infinite money. It doesn't put more time in your day. Like, to me, in my perspective, time is money when you're losing one of them. But when you're gaining, it's not so much, like, you know, gaining money doesn't necessarily put time back into your day that makes sense especially when you're talking about my baby is about to be born like my baby is going to be a month old for one month my baby is going to be a baby for just a year you know yeah and then maybe when the kid is older like time changes you know but those moments like the first three to six months of a kid's life like you don't really want those interrupted and i get that you know it's also his second kid so like I, I held back being like uh hey i'm about to have four you know like uh this is, it's I'm just, just another I'm baby. Do, I'm still doing too much bullcrap running around. You know? <laughs> but no, no, I'm very excited to kind of pick his brain and get some advice. And I think a lot of people have been asking him to like make some blog posts or like, you know, to tell us a little bit about the sauce because it's so tasty. 
And uh, if we can't go get that sauce, we'd like to try and make some kind of a... I mean, those are big shoes to fill. And I think that a lot of Noda operators are seeing that hole that he's left and being like, how are we going to fill this? And it's going to take multiple nodes to fill the hole that Zero Fee is leaving. Yeah. So, um, so yes, look forward to that. That's upcoming. I just have to figure out the time zone thing and figure out a sane time to do it. But uh, uh, hopefully this month we'll do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Anyway, that... Uh, let me look. Let me double check on my rundown, but... Yeah, no news left behind. That wraps it up, man. Cool. That wraps up the cocaine shit stain, which again, that line was cut with another L&D bug this week. Hey, they keep cutting my shit. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Fletcher. It's his birthday today. Fletcher, happy birthday. Yes. Yeah, happy birthday, Fletcher. Fletcher. I wanted to sneak that in there before Very we get sneaky. too far uh, behind the curtain. <laughs> no doubt. There were a lot of magic numbers. I mean, 11-1, that's a magic number. Yes. I was kind of not hoping or whatever, but I thought maybe I could shake the baby out from all the walking and stuff. Shaking we did this the weekend. baby? <laughs> yeah, 11-1 babies. I'm always like, oh, your mama went trick-or-treating. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? But, no. Nope, yeah, he's this, still in there. This baby is comfy. He was actually uh, head up today when I saw the midwife. So. He was all turned around, but... You know. I wasn't worried at all. I knew that Cheryl could take care of it. Yeah, and she did. I was, she flipped him. I was a little bummed that she wasn't there at first with our appointment, but then she came in right as we were leaving, and I was like, yes. It was divine intervention. I was like, hey, can you like touch my wife's belly, please? <laughs> and she did. And she was like, then she called the other midwife in, and she's like, feel that. That's a head that's down. I did it. <laughs> Oh, she's such a badass, man. She so is. like the 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 scrubs were like uh the all talking about this shit of oh we're gonna have to call a doctor, call the hospital, going go for in a version an aversion or intervention or a, a divine evolution or whatever the fuck they were trying to pull. And uh I was like, you know, last time John did the same thing right around this same time. It was like the final month, yeah, the final stretch. The end. Toward the end, he had gone from Oh, he's nice and head down and everything's cool. To, to sideways. <laughs> to sideways to head up. Yep. And she laid you down on the couch and she flipped that little son of a bitch around. That's right. <laughs> and that's what I said, like, right when they were like, oh, he's head up again. And, and they were talking about doctor's offices and shit. And I was like, uh, you know, last time this happened with John and Cheryl flipped him right around. Like, I know she can do that. She's got it. She's got the touch. Man. Yeah. And... She looked at me like I was, like, making it up or something, but, like, didn't know what to say to me. Yeah. And so then when Cheryl got out there, I was, I was like, yo, Lauren, you try to tell her. You got to tell her. You got to tell her. Yep. And I was like, uh, yeah, Cheryl, didn't you flip him around last time? And she was like, just lay down on the couch over there. <laughs> Get your fingers going. Oh, it would take her, like, four minutes, maybe, to flip that guy around. Maybe. It was quick. It's like two to four minutes. And he was flipped back down again. I was like, I knew, I knew it would be no problem for you. Yep. Easy peasy. Yeah. No doctors. She's the greatest, man. She is. She's a badass, and everyone deserves a midwife like her. Oh, and everyone deserves Magic 33 stories. There were a bunch this week. Like, uh, Tropical Storm Paying. I don't know how to say it. I kind of read it as pain, but it's got a G at the end. Pang. Oh. Pang, mang. Yeah, pang. It hit the Philippines this week, so the headline was... 
Paying death toll rises to 110. Missing persons at 33. Whoa. This is a CNN story, so you know it's a flag for something. Uh, They lost a lot of crops in the Philippines. $1.3 billion worth, allegedly. Ooh. Along with uh, $760 million worth of damage to infrastructure. That includes 7,000 houses that were partially or totally destroyed. So, bad news bears. Then, 33 barrels of a hazardous substance were found in Gopeng, Malaysia. No explanation at all about what it was or who put it there, just that it was super corrosive. And uh, they covered it with sand and took care of it, I guess. (laughs) They took care of it. Then in Malawi, police arrested 33 people in an anti-government violent protest. So these folks wanted to petition the president directly and were turned away. So they took to the streets and started throwing rocks at buildings. Uh, I guess they're mad about the high cost of living, political corruption, Failure on the president's behalf to fulfill campaign promises, specifically saying that he would ensure food security and create a million jobs. I guess those things have not been done. So they're out there throwing rocks and getting arrested. Then a very spooky story for this weekend with the magic number. Uh Uh-oh. 33 villagers were booked for killing a woman over alleged witchcraft. Excuse me, what? In Odisha... India. This whole thing is very, very spooky. Yes. Nothing like a little witchcraft story with a magic number in it. Uh, There's four villagers suspected of uh, being witches, I guess. They were all men. Some are witches. So I thought we'd call them warlocks, but I must be confused. Anyways, yeah, what's up, my witches? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They called a meeting to have a little... I don't know, I guess, they, you know, they wanted to have, like, a citizen trial, but then it just turned into, like, vigilante justice where they beat these four people up. And uh, someone complained to the police about it. Hey, these villagers, you know, that I'm not one of are attacking these folks that they're accusing of being witches. So then the villagers broke into that person's house who complained about them and attacked them. Must be another witch, right? That's the logic. Yeah. So then the cops got involved in this village. Oh, God. And uh, they went to one of the four suspects' house and pulled him out with his two sons, but left his wife in the house, and villagers flooded in and killed her. Oh, jeez. Even though she's not the one being uh, accused of witchcraft. She's just married to the witch. So. Well, that's an oogly ending. All 33 attackers have been booked. But when I looked into this a little bit, 400 people have been killed in this village of Odisha on suspicion of performing witchcraft. And crazy enough, that's despite some state government regulations like the (laughs) Odisha Prevention of Witch Hunting Act of 2013 and the Composite Action Plan to Prevent Witch Hunting, which uh, passed in 2017. I just can't believe it. That's weird that a law doesn't stop people from doing things. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now, in other instances, victims or uh, witches have been forced to walk around the village naked and eat human feces. And then sometimes they've been 
thrown out of the village also at the end of that. Sounds like so. a lovely place to visit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go to, what was it? Odisha in Odisha? India. The village of Odisha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. We'll skip it. Mm-hmm. Cross it off the list. Oh, just kidding. It was never on there. <laughs> so the Bank of England is poised to raise rates uh, by the most, I guess, in 33 years. This is a Reuters story. Hot damn. They ran with it first. Yeah. So it's uh, they just had their eighth meeting in a row where they raised interest rates to tame inflation, allegedly. Is it working? If they got to keep doing it, do you think so? Probably not. Seems seems not working. But uh, the Bank of England is expected to become the world's first big central bank to start selling bonds from its stimulus stockpile. So, all bad news there in jolly old England. The end is near. <laughs> R.I.P. the pound. Yep. And finally, searches for seasonal jobs are up 33%. Can you believe it? But I cannot. Stores like Walmart and Macy's are pulling back on hiring, according to NBC. Uh-oh. S- demand goes up, supply goes down? Mm-hmm. Yep, searches jumped 33% in September compared to last year, but employer demand dropped 8.2%. Since we are basically robots and enjoy numbers like this, <laughs> news stories like this just tick me off. <laughs> like, uh... Yeah, they said, despite high living costs, the number of workers holding multiple jobs remains below pre-pandemic levels. And that's according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. So, I guess everyone's good. Everyone's uh, still comfortable. They're not juggling like us. <laughs> I was juggling way before some fucking pandemic f- oh, yeah. faked along. Yep. I'm part of that number. <laughs> yeah. Just a statistic. And finally, people are coughing their way into coffins again. Oh, shit. Uh, Maybe. (coughs) Oh, shit. There were 33 new cases of the vid in Union Territory, India. So. Oh, just a one-off? Just one, yeah. That's that's none last week, one this week. Uh, That's fine. One is great. Maybe that part of the segment is going to be in a coffin. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, let's go behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. My my favorite. Yep. So last show day, of course, was uh, Britney's appeal date. And Russia said, fuck you. Appeal these nuts? Yeah. It was like over in 45 minutes. (laughs) And they didn't even have her come to court. You know, they just videoed her in, in from her cage. So the judge was like, let me think about this. And 30 minutes later, was like, nope, nine years. Shit. Go to the penal colony. And so National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan released a statement on the continued wrongful detention of Brittany Griner, calling the appeal a sham judicial proceeding. But it kind of made me laugh because everyone involved or paying attention to this story knew it was going to go down like that. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of like kicking the can down the road and also uh, exhausting all of your legal options. 
right. since they haven't be, been able to do the hostage negotiation or whatever. Yeah, like, from the very beginning, it was only diplomatic negotiations that was going to end this for her. Yeah. yeah. Like, it wasn't going to be, like, some brilliant legal maneuver and, like, the lawyer comes up and beats it or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be a prisoner swap, essentially. Yeah. It's and- the only way. You know, the media has been quiet about it since Russia bitched about that. The American media. Um, Russian media is still like, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? <laughs> There's still floating options. Yeah. Uh, but in this statement from uh, the snake, Jake Sullivan, he says that in recent weeks, the Biden-Harris administration has continued to engage with Russia through every available channel and make every effort to bring home Brittany as well as to support and advocate for other Americans detained in Russia, including fellow wrongful detainee Paul Whelan. No mention of Mark Fogel. (laughs) So I will mention him. Mark Fogel, man. Yeah, where's Mark Fogel at? Yeah, he got a longer sentence than Brittany Griner, which no one talks about. They only talk about Jalen Whelan, man. (laughs) The spy. I mean, not spy. (laughs) They're all fucking... They're all spies over there. I know. I know. Uh, Good God. He continues. This is a short statement, so I just figured I'd read it since he didn't say it on tape or anything. The president has demonstrated that he's willing to go to extraordinary lengths and make tough decisions to bring Americans home, as his administration has done successfully from countries around the world. The administration remains in regular touch with representatives of the families, and we continue to admire their courage in the face of these unimaginable circumstances. That's all. Can't even imagine it. Yeah, mm. it's a big spook shit stack over there. Yeah. And she's just you know, Grinny's a celebrity in Russia. Yeah. So it's um I don't know. It's quite odd. We've been saying that. They actually pay basketball players over there if you're if they're women. Yeah. Uh not so much over here. No. Not no. so much over here. They just don't generate the same kind of revenue and attention and everything. No. Uh, so then there was, of course, a White House press briefing that occurred on the 25th of October, the new moon, and, uh, KGP, KJP, Karine, uh, Jean-Pierre, yeah. she had a nice written statement to read, and no journalists asked her any questions, so this is... One of the most coherent things she's ever said, really. I also want to address the latest developments with respect to Brittany Griner. Our hearts are with Brittany Griner, her wife and her family, friends and teammates in light of the appalling news out of Russia today. This news only increases the urgency of our efforts to bring Brittany home. The Biden administration remains in regular touch with representatives from Brittany's family. And as National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said this morning, the administration has continued to engage Russia through multiple channels in recent weeks to urge them to respond to our efforts to negotiate a resolution to this. We will also continue to support and advocate for other Americans detained in Russia, including Paul Whelan. Our bottom line is that Russia needs to negotiate in good faith. As Jake said this morning, and as you have heard me say many times before right here at this podium, the president has demonstrated that he is willing to go to extraordinary lengths and make tough decisions to bring Americans 
home. This administration has done it successfully before and it will keep working to do it again and bring Brittany home. She pretty much just copied Leave Brittany alone! <laughs> Please! No, I'll take you a nap. <laughs> Please. <laughs> she pretty much just copied Jake's statement and uh, did a poor read. Yeah. But, you know, that's her job, I guess. Yeah. So she, yeah. she did the job. She did read it. <laughs> Oh, and then today, actually. I've seen poorer reads from that podium, let's say. Oh, for sure. Today, Brittany's wife, Sherelle, had an appearance on The View. Oh, boy. And. That's where you get some diplomacy uh, happening. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't think of that sooner. Well, (laughs) the M5M ran with this story uh, from her appearance saying, like, oh, no, Britney's mental health is deteriorating because hmm. Sherelle talked about, you know, she's only been able to talk with Britney three times on the phone since she was detained in February. Right. And she had a great line. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. Where she just said, like, you know, Britney said she's trying to hold on to any piece of her that she could because her mind is fading. Like, all of her memories of her loved ones and stuff are fading. Oh, shit. <laughs> It was really sad. Um, but anyways, I, I clipped a not sad part. Because <laughs> I was like, that's not the story. I, I loved this bit here. Uh, where Joy asks about the political motivations. Well, her sentence is nine years. Correct. And the average sentence in, in Russia is half of that. Correct. So a lot of people are saying this is politic- politically motivated, which it looks like it is. You have any thoughts on that? Um, yes, you know, honestly. Isn't she very popular in Russia? Absolutely. She's won championships for Russia. So maybe, maybe they'll be kinder to her and she, you know, I don't know, maybe. So far, no. I was just going to say, I'm not seeing that yet. The government, no, but maybe the people who are around her, I'm hoping. Yeah. I I mean, you could only hope, but I mean, at this point, there's no other way for me to see it except the fact that this is political. I mean, BG is an international basketball player. You know, she's been in Russia for seven, eight years of winning championships, undefeated seasons. She's won Russian MVP. I mean, she loves playing over there. And to see that the totality of the circumstances of who she is as a person was not taken into account when they rendered a decision. Well, they're I mean, using it. Yeah, they're using it. it makes me feel like this at this point has to be political because it's not her footprint. Of course. Her footprint is amazing for Russia. Yeah. She's paying taxes there. I mean, yeah. she's, right. Right. she's great for <laughs> Russia, you know, so. She's paying taxes. She's baby. paying taxes there. <laughs> paying some taxes. Uh, yeah, paying some taxes. So what could it be? Mm. What could it be? Something. Something's going on, that's for sure, man. I did like uh, Joy laying out the average sentence of being four and a half years. Yeah. That's like, for what? That's what I was going to ask. Uh, sentence for... <laughs> Everything? Murder? <laughs> for I... an empty weed cart in your pocket? Is yeah. the average four years? Right, because, again, I'll bring up the name Mark Fogel. You know, he had more than an empty vape cartridge, but he got 14 years. So that would be like triple the average sentence according to the view. Call that getting fogled. Getting fogled, yeah. And the big uh, story from this view appearance was the creation of a website, We Are BG, 
A-R-E-B-G dot org, which I accidentally typed in wearebg.com, and I think it was like some kind of a gasoline website, a seagull distributing. Okay. Yeah. BG preventive maintenance is critical to longer gasoline direct injection engine life. I always inject gasoline directly. <laughs> but yeah, so we are BG.org and they have like a letter writing campaign. They just want people to send her letters and stuff. Oh, make your kids write Gritney a letter. <laughs> I prefer RGB and, uh, personally. <laughs> yeah. The colors. Yeah. I it it's still every yeah, time like the uh, CSS rules like the color picker. Every time I say it out loud, I feel like I'm gonna have a Beetlejuice moment, but with fucking Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> some, you know, like, some dusty bitch with a doily on her neck <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm like afraid to look in the mirror. Knock knock. Oh my goodness. So bad. Um but yeah, so she pays her taxes. She's a good person. She pays her Russian taxes. <laughs> I know. Ugh. It's like paying taxes and being famous should keep you out of jail. Like, that's how it works in America. These people don't understand. They're like, what the fuck? If you're famous here, like, it's cool, man. Like, you just skadook, skadook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. There's a lot more going on than we'll probably ever know. But I can keep looking. I can keep digging. I mean, she's got the star tattoos on her shoulders, which is like a big thing in Russian jail. You know, it's also just like a star also, tattoo, which is pretty, pretty common. Pretty big thing among crusty punks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, college kids, like first tattoo, oh, a star. Yeah. 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 I've had a guitar with a star on it. <laughs> Stars upon thars, yeah. dog. Yeah. Oh, uh, I actually had one more Gritney-related story, oh. which was that D.C. Marijuana Justice, who just had their, you know, they took part in their little protest uh, for Biden's lack of pardons. Uh, they hosted a smokeout outside of the Russian embassy to protest Gritney's continued detention. Based. Yep. And they uh, they put some... Russian writing on their 50 foot inflatable joint. You know that joint balloon? Um, if you saw it, you'd know it. Maybe I do. Yeah. And they, 50 uh, foot inflatable joint. <laughs> it's like, it should be in the what Macy's Day Parade. In. It's a joint, it's huge. And they bring it to all their, uh, all the protests that they attend. Let's see. Uh, Free Britney Griner and the Russians from Putin. I guess is uh, what they wrote in so Russian. They inflate a 50-footer and they smoke like a 15-footer. <laughs> you know, there's no pictures of the joints that they smoked. I mm. think... Like <laughs> out, a, out of respect for the families. <laughs> yeah. You know, and their whole their whole angle on it is, oh, they're using her as a pawn in the war against Ukraine, which mm, I think there's a little bit maybe, more to it than that. Maybe. Maybe she's caught up in some spy games, dog. Definitely, definitely caught up in spy games. I don't know why no one has even floated the possibility yet. Like we've been talking for the, about this for a long time, you know. Like there's something deeper afoot. Yeah, no, that we, I can tell you. We've been talking about it, but we're just some lonely bowlers. There's <laughs> two retards in a basement. What do we know? <laughs> we're just behind the curtain. Yeah, pure, pure speculation. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. She's seven feet tall, so. 
Okay, that could be a slight exaggeration. Sight, man. I'm yeah. Telling, I'm just saying you. I wouldn't fuck with her, that's for sure, you know? Like <laughs> she's a good uh she's good for the role. And she's got, you know, America team, Russia team, China team. MVP? Yeah. MVP Z. Yeah. Gold Olympian medalist. So a lot going for her. A lot of uh a lot of big alphabet soups and such involved with her life. Huge. Oh, <laughs> this just crossed my path, and I thought it was funny. Uh-oh. Factcheck.org. Uh, they did a little fact check on what Biden's been saying about his pardons. And <laughs> their diagnostic of it, their fact check, was that he is exaggerating the scope of his pot pardon proclamation. Oh, you think? Yeah, no joke. You know, they go into uh, how it's not decriminalization. Duh. It's like, all you have to do is listen to the words coming out of his mouth or read his White House statement and then see the headlines of decrim and it's like, no, no. Appreciate the check on them facts there, dog. Yeah, it just cracked me up. It cracked me up. Uh, But, you know, everything we do in this life has a ripple effect of some sort. And in the tiny little pebble (laughs) that Biden dropped into the war on drugs pond or ocean really uh the ripple went out to the u.s sentencing commission who is now considering an amendment to their guidelines on whether and to what extent people's criminal history for simple weed possession can be used against them in sentencing decisions for new convictions now again this is just a a a consideration and i guess the sentencing commission's guidelines aren't binding you know they're just guidelines Right. So judges don't have to uh, follow along with them necessarily, but they are influential. And so there you go. There's the ripple effect. (laughs) Uh, The National Institute of Standards and Technology came out with a study this week where they took 53 samples of hemp and tested them. And they found that 49 of them are labeled incorrectly as hemp. 49 of them were... Above 0.3% THC, but... So most hemp is good shit, is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, all of them were under 1% THC. Ah, uh, well then, uh, why are we going to get all kasnuffling about w- it? When I say THC, of course, I'm referring to Delta 9 THC specifically. The demonized one, you know. The singled out cannabinoid. Uh, I wonder how like the sample size works for that. Like, do you weigh the whole plant and then extract like the whole THC from the whole plant? Like, what part are you percent percentizing? <laughs> percentizing? It's the fuck a- ever word I'm trying to make up. This is a big mystery to me. We're gonna have to ask someone in a laboratory. Um, <laughs> we should get Illuminati on the phone. <laughs> but it's it's funny too because this is the loophole with Delta Nine edibles. They can be 50 state legal if it's 0.3% THC by weight in the edibles also. Right. So, I don't know. It's just a big fucking joke, I think, at this point in time. But, you know, when they come out and do tests like this, and then they're like, eh. Hopefully they'll just, you know, up the cap there for hemp farmers to one fucking percent. But not going to hold my breath. It's uh, been a black market my whole life, so. 
In Delaware, Governor John Carney vetoed House Bill 276, which would have simply clarified that medical weed patients are not prohibited from buying, possessing, or transferring firearms under state law. What a shitty thing to do. What a dick. Total dick. Yep. That was pretty fucking lame. You know? It's like, as an American citizen... I mean, it wouldn't even have helped uh, versus federal law anyway, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, we're still... But we need some kind uh, of a precedent. We need to chip away at that one, too. You it's know? gotta be. Yeah, it... It just makes me so sick because... Gotta start somewhere. What other medicine do I need to go get a license for? None. It's and then what is the license scam. but just a fee collection mechanism? Right. So they're just ripping off these sick people. You yep. know, and, and I get it. There's varying degrees of illness to which are treated by medical weed. And, Correct. And they're very liberal with giving out the licenses because, as I said, it's a fee collection mechanism. Oh, you got to renew this every year for 30 to $50 or whatever. So it's a great money-making scheme. But then it just puts you in a database, and they're like, well, this database against this one. It's just... You can't have a gun and... It's disingenuous to treat what's called a medicine in this fashion. When none of the other medicines are treated in this fashion. Yeah, exactly. And because, uh, you know, other doctor prescriptions are uh, legal and whatever. So it's like you can, you know, with clear conscience, go purchase a firearm with your SSRI scripts and whatever. And check the boxes or, you know. But the, oh, it's an illicit substance federally, so you can't have a gun. Bunch of crap. (laughs) It's so stupid. It's really dumb. And hopefully, uh... You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Yeah. It's just gross. It makes me mad. You shouldn't have to choose one right over the other. Yeah. I guess it's... You don't have a right to marijuana, but... Fuck, it's a fucking plant. Like, good googly. Well, there was a funny story that came out this week. Uh, After some huffing and puffing... Legal Missouri 2022 decided to take down their ad featuring the Highway Patrol and edit it. This is, of course, after they received a cease and desist letter. Yeah. So the new version still has B-roll of police vehicles uh, and there's an officer, but there's no identifiable insignia. So that attorney who's like, oh, they don't have to do anything. They can just ignore the cease and desist letter. Yeah. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. Like, you, you really want to fight that battle? Like, ugh. Whatever. Um, no, especially when they haven't been any kind of oppo from them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's It's been pretty weird. It's been pretty weird. Uh, But not really, because you just see who benefits from this bill, or this uh, initiative, if it were to pass. Then... Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft uh, was on the radio earlier this week, and I clipped him because um, he was talking about, you know, they they asked him point blank, are you going to vote for recreational weed? And here's what he had to say. To mm-hmm. legalize recreational marijuana in Missouri, how will you vote? I will vote now. You're going to vote against it? Why? Um, a, I think we have a problem with the dichotomy between how the state deals with it and the federal government deals with it. And I think states need to continue to put pressure on the federal government. Um, I don't think In which it direction? makes... 
I think the fe- it's, I think it's ridiculous that it's not at least a Schedule Two, I guess, drug. I, I think so you it's agree with the Biden policy to remove it from Schedule One. I don't know where it should be, but the idea that there is absolutely no therapeutic uh, use for it, I think, is silly. Uh, I think we ought to be able to do research on it. We do research on opium that has a therapeutic use. I think we need to look at that. Um, I don't think that this amendment is good for the state. It's way too much to put in our Constitution. If you think that uh, marijuana should be decriminalized under state law, the amendment should say something to the effect of uh, the, the, the recreational use of marijuana in the state of Missouri is not unconstitutional mm-hmm. and may be regulated by general statute. Did, did lawmakers, did legislators in Jefferson City sort of punt? Did they just say, hands off, we're going to put this in the Constitution? Why not get into the the debate of it all. Um, my understanding is that the legislature was working on it, and there are at least serious allegations that the people behind this amendment wrote this amendment as a way to enrich themselves, mm-hmm. and they put a lot of money to stopping any sort of statutory reform. You find those allegations the credible? They're credible doesn't mean they're true. Oh, pussyfoot. <laughs> Typical Paul. Yeah. But I liked how he was talking about opium research there in the middle. My boy Opium shouts yeah. out. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Hear that. Hear yeah. That. Let's talk about uh, bringing some poppy back to America. Plant medicines, man. What's up with that? Yeah. What's going on with that? No, they'd rather fucking ruin it and turn it into fentanyl and shit. Plant, plant medicine is my God-given right, correct? Yes. Yeah, so there you go. I just want to put some seeds uh, in some dirt. By the way, all of the rights are God-given rights. Why do you have them? Because you exist. You were born. That's all. It's not some fucking government that grants you some of the rights or any of the rights or none of the rights. The only thing that the Bill of Rights does is prohibits the government from stepping on us. That's what it, the whole point is. Our rights are ours. Why? Because we exist. That's all. So they can't be taken. We can't, you know, people can attempt to, but... It's out of whack with with just natural law. Yeah, but there's a lot of things out of whack with natural law right now. No, yeah. No doubt about that. But it doesn't change, like, reality. Fair enough. Simple as. Yeah. Fuck them. They're just confused. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kind of like these Texas dudes who were just charged in federal court after they posed as DEA agents and robbed a farm in Oregon. There were six young men caught up in this, ages 19 to 22. And so they drove from Texas to Oregon, and they brought their DEA cosplay with them, uh, including some body armor. And they broke into the house on this pot farm, I guess, uh, zip-tied and duct-taped all the people in there that they could find, then broke into all the outbuildings and started stashing up their vehicles. So law enforcement started investigating what went down, and lo and behold, they had taken a picture at a hotel in their cosplay with their firearms (laughs) and totally incriminated themselves. Whoops. So they got six, and there's one guy still at large. Pretty fucking lame. (laughs) But... Uh, DEA cosplay. The just lamest of the cosplays. Do it for the gram. <laughs> do it for the gram. It's just crazy. Like, Yo, what? get busted for the gram. Uh, no brain. You know? It's like, no thought went into that, clearly. 
Hey guys, let's take a picture. I mean, they had to think to take a picture. Why would you do that? <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. Anyways, a suspicious item caused some chaos in England this week uh, at a train station. And they had to evacuate the whole train station. It was actually 3.30 p.m. that the call went out. Like, we gotta get everyone out of the Birmingham New Street train station. Everyone's gotta go, because there is a hand grenade that someone has left behind. Was it the holy hand grenade, or just a regular type? I'll never know, because they didn't post a picture of it. But when they went in... With their bomb squads and whatever, super cautious like, they found out it was just a weed grinder. Ha! Huh. Someone dropped their grinder. A grenade grinder. And someone thought it, everyone else thought it was a grenade. I think I've seen those actually. They make some that are shaped like grenades. <laughs> That's hilarious and a terrible choice to travel with. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Like, okay, it's already risky traveling with a grinder, okay, but. But whatever. But the, the one shaped like a grenade, maybe leave that at home. Yeah, definitely leave that one at home. I don't know. Uh, and my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from South Korea, Ooh. where the government has officially declared a war on drugs. Oh. Yep. To arms. Following in suit from their uh, neighbors, as discussed last week. <laughs> so they're forming four different special investigation teams made up of prosecutors and cops and they're looking mostly at, um, you know, drug trade going on currently in South Korea, but acknowledge that a lot of people bring drugs from other countries into South Korea, so they'll be on the lookout for that, too. Uh, they've busted 868 people this year, which is up from last year, and uh, their main drug issues that they want to combat uh, is meth, ecstasy, and yaba, which is meth and caffeine together. Oh, jeez. Because the meth wasn't good enough. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, like, let's add some caffeine powder to that there's shit. There's meth, but then there's meth and Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Great run through. Thanks. Lots of things going on, always. Appreciate you keeping us informed. Uh, I also appreciate... Our good buddy, Sir Reverend Cybertrucker. Hell yeah. He keeps the metal moments rolling in as he's rolling around the country in his big rig. Uh, and we'll never know in Naked November if he's recording these naked or not, as he cleverly pointed out. Uh, today, I didn't even think about it. Now the bowlers will have to let their imagination run wild, I guess. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Hailing from Monterey, Mexico, The Warning is a band comprised of sisters Daniela, Paulina, and Alejandra. Their first album, 21st Century Blood, was released in 2017, with the follow-up, Queen of the Murder Scene, coming in 2018. This power trio of badass bitches 
released their latest album in 2022 called Error. And this offering, Choke, comes from that album. From the 2022 album Error, this is The Warning, Choke. Yes. Bringing the noise. Metal mamas. I love it. No doubt. Thank you, Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker. You can follow him on Noise in the Social at Rev Cyber Trucker. Uh, to see what he's up to lately, give some feedback, some input, some suggestions. On the metal moment coming up next, he is always uh, reaching out, posting, showing you where he's at, showing you some Kenny and Grogu, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so cheers. Cheers and thank you, sir. We appreciate that. We also appreciate all the bowlers calling in to the voicemail line, uh, which is located precisely at 816-607-3663. Uh, that's the plus one to get to the United States there uh, for all the outliers. And uh, yeah, you can leave a message. We talk about the first time I ever did a thing, and this week it's the first time I ever went to a haunted house uh, for the Halloween celebration. Still on some spooky shit. And... uh Figured we'd talk a little bit about haunted house uh, type situations. And uh, who knows what we're going to get into. Right, caller? Ow, ow. That guy's fucking right. Yeah. That guy's fucking right, man. Gotta get up so you can get down. Dawood, dawood. Thanks, caller. This is now an official Kansas City podcast because we got jazz. Got some jazz. Talking about barbecue. <laughs> Played some saxophone. Saxophone. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, caller. Uh, in case you weren't aware, yeah, you do gotta get up to get down. Gotta get up to get down. Got to, you got to, you got to, got to. Uh, yes. Text line is asking us pretty please uh, to play a voicemail. So I will do so, yeah, of course. Uh, right now. I'll do it right now. I'll skip right to it. Oh, man, that's really good. Yeah. <sighs> good hit. All right, so this is Vox, and I just, uh, you know, I, I, I dropped in. I was trying to establish a relationship here and stuff. And, okay. 
I don't know what happened on the stream and everything. Uh, there, it seemed like a Horowitz thing. I don't know. Didn't you say something about a haunted house? Oh, yeah, definitely. I did want to tell you about that. You said the first haunted house I ever attended. Yeah, first time and ever. The, the first haunted house I ever attended, I actually helped to build. It was, uh, it was in college. Uh, yeah, I did. I took a couple of courses, and one of them was a drama course, right? And so, very dramatic. We did the haunted house thing at at the. It was a little junior college, and anyway, so we built this haunted house through our little theater bit, and that is the first haunted house that I ever went to. Was one that I built and participated in. I actually wrapped myself in toilet paper. And was the mummy in the mummy room. And I took hours and hours and hours to build the little mummy thingy, the, the, what is that? A, a sarcophagus? Yeah. That was it. Uh, a sarcophagus that I came out of and like screamed at people. Nice. So that was my first haunted house. The really, really bad one. Oh my gosh. I took my kid. Oh, she nice. was maybe, I don't know, three, four years old. <laughs> I took her to a haunted house. And they had this the little uh, baby doll roasting on a spit. Whoa. You know, it was all fake and stuff. Sure, yeah. But it freaked her out. It gave her nightmares for way too long. Uh -oh. I will never, ever do such a thing again. Anyway, in the bowl, y'all. <sighs> oh, yeah. In the bowl, Vox. Yeah, in the bowl. Thanks for giving us a ring. Um... And I'll text you back from the text line uh, in case, I don't know, I don't know how late it is or... Uh, Time zones are hard. Yeah, Alaska, that's <laughs> kind of way over there. So it's earlier over there. Um, but if you're still tuned in, yeah, we, we do the voicemail uh, sort of right before the bowling lanes. It's uh, deep into the show, deep into the darkness of the show. Yeah, way past the curtain. Past the curtain. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate your call and your haunted house. Yeah. That's excellente. It's cool being involved with the first haunted house experience. Boober in the chat says, uh, Caller, why do you say that like it's a bad thing? Uh, I think he's referring to the drama course. Oh. <laughs> uh, he will stick up for the arts in Steam every time. <laughs> he says, oh, fuck, you're going to make me build something. <laughs> he is going to build something. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the ring box. That's fantastic. And uh, you can call any time, any time, day or night in the week. Uh, we changed the F tie. I don't know about the uh, Horowitz stream. Uh, he was on at eight central. They ran a little late tonight. Uh, he's going into the, you know, the time of whatever. And, uh, oh, Boo Fury is back on. He released oh, the Fury. Oh, God. boy. Uh, if you know, then you know. In the Chatteroonie. Uh, but anyway, yes, we collect them all week and then we play them here in this, uh, this segment. While we talk about the first time we ever did a thing that rotates each week. So this week just happens to be the first time... We ever went to a haunted house? Don't know if you remember yours. Yeah, oh, I definitely remember mine. I figured you But might. I also felt like I shared this on the bowl already, which is why I thought we had done this F-tie, but... Oh, so you don't want to talk about it, huh? Low and bowl hold. Maybe when we I did went last searching Halloween. the bowl archives, I didn't see it first time I ever went to a haunted house, so I don't know why I've talked about this, but my first haunted house was epic. It was for my birthday, and I want to say I was like 12, and I was just starting to dip my toes into spooky shit. I'd played with a Ouija board, 
gotten my freak spook on, done the graveyard thing, taken pictures in creepy places, and been like, look, an orb, oh my god. I was getting really into, like, paranormal stuff, and, okay. you know, as a Massachusetts kid does, you're just surrounded by it all the time. Um, So, I wanted to go to a haunted house, but I didn't want to go alone. I didn't want to go with my grandparents or my folks or whatever. So for my birthday, I just was like, hey, friends, meet me at this uh, choose random haunted house here. And I think that I went by ticket price, like what was the cheapest haunted house. And it was put together by a local Boy Scout troop, this haunted house. Uh, And it was fucking awesome. They did, when you were waiting with your party to start, it was all outside on these on a campground um and as you were waiting with your party they somehow managed to gather information on you and you know we were middle school so we were interacting with all the other kids there and whatever i probably talked to uh the spook who was uh collecting info on on our group oh and geez. <laughs> so we get up to go they're like they call your group number whatever mm-hmm. and they're like Oh, happy birthday, Lorian. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How do you know? And then they were like, you're going first. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm leading the line, which <laughs> didn't really want to. Um, And man, they had these different lodges set up, I don't know, outbuildings of sorts, cabins. Mm. They were all different scenes. So they had, like, you started off and... It was sort of like a freak show, sideshow thing going on. And there was a werewolf and he broke out of his cage and like, you know, was attacking you. And then there was one cabin you went into and they made it look like a laboratory inside. And there was a guy behind this glass case and he was like spitting this glowing goo onto the glass. And it was really spooky. And then the lights went off and like the scientist who was telling you about it, they were all scenes. Like they were all short stories basically. And the scientist who was narrating what was going on, you know, he's just like, Oh no, this is bad. This is bad. And then the strobe light kicks on and the dude's like out of the glass cage, Uh like just drooling goop and coming at us. (laughs) And of course they had the classic, like, Walking through a pitch black room with like things hanging down, you know, like cobweb feeling. Yeah. And, and people whispering and shit. And a graveyard scene. Oh man, it was so awesome. It set the bar so high and nothing has ever topped it. And I've been to so many haunted houses since then because I went through a real phase, especially when I first came to Missouri. And heard about the Kansas City spook scene. Yeah. Which is nationally acclaimed. Like, I was watching videos on YouTube of Kansas City haunted houses before I even had an inclination to move here. Because I just loved haunted houses and the theatrics. Yeah. And especially animatronics. Mm -hmm. I fucking love animatronics. And Kansas City has some crazy animatronics featured in their haunted houses. So... Did that, but man, these Boy Scouts, I mean, the story element, like, you just got immersed in these scenes, and the acting was so good, and the costumes were so good, like, they just played to their strengths, they really owned it, it was, it was fun, first off, and then scary, you know, but Mm. it, it wasn't, like, gory, and it didn't rely on jump scares. That's nice. So I appreciated that. Jump scares are, like, 
irritating. Like they feel bad for your health. You know. What I mean? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when you uh, go through them, and you know what? I think they even had like Cub Scouts involved and stuff. Because I remember like creepy little kids, and <laughs> you just got a, it uh, was a awesome. thing for the ski- for Boy Scouts. I've I've always loved Boy Scout boys. <laughs> now I like Eagle Scout men because I'm go. a grown woman. So, <laughs> but when I was in middle school, ooh, Boy Scout boys. Boy Scout boys. That's uh, my thing. <laughs> what, what if this next caller was a Boy Scout boy? Who knows? Oh, might have been. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. With Suspenta and Dame DeLorean. I think it's uh, Fletcher and Lorraine. Yeah. But it was Tuesday today. You know? It is Tuesday. Oh, kind of thrown off already because, you know, you try to end up doing a long run on Monday. Man. Uh, yeah, but I did my short run today, and I'll do my long run tomorrow. Okay. And, you know, whole whole Halloween trick or treating thing went went out with the nephews last night, the wife and I, and their parents and whatnot. And so it's already thrown off, but it's all good. It's all good. Change is good. You yeah. know, little switching up the routine. Little November. Anyway, man. you don't care about that. Um, oh, you know, you I care, care about another question that I just haven't answered. Do care about no Care about a lot. Um, I mean, I did. I did visit the state capital, you know, oh. probably more than once. Okay. Uh, California, IA. Um, it's in Sacramento. Sacramento. I went, I went there and uh, visited that once, maybe twice actually. Um, but you know, you might call that a haunted house or a spooky place. Okay, you know? I see where you went there. Um, but you know, I don't want to get all political because you know, whatever. Still, like the state, the government's just you know. They're like that little bird that comes out of the the clock, you know. They're cuckoo. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, um, my answer is not really. I mean, I remember I worked at a place and someone said like, "Oh, ooh, it's haunted." Like, actually, we're saying like, "Oh, it's haunted. Something's roaming the halls." I'm like, "Okay, whatever." But uh, yeah, but yeah, I rented a haunted house. I did listen to Behind the Schemes though. With uh, it was lavish, and uh, I'm blanking. Uh, his 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 gal's name, um, but uh, they were talking about these like scary places, like theme parks and stuff. But then like also like legit stuff where they like really really scary and whatnot, not just uh, oh yeah yeah like a haunted house or a haunted theme park. You got to sign waivers, anyhow. And that kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, they put you in the trunk. Uh, well, I don't know. That's about it. So. You guys have a lovely, lovely night. I know you are. Maybe you're behind the curtain already. We don't know. Oh, we are. Um, we'll see. Well behind so, the curtain, friend. I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And, you know, just because it's not, you're not, you can still be, knock on people's doors, you know, and still, you know, be like, trick or treat. They'd be like, what? And then you can be like, Ka-ka! Ka-ka! <laughs> This year I went as, Ka-ka! Oh, yes. Yes. Christopher Battles. Thank you, by the way. Uh, for getting me that gig uh, hosting Hog Story with Carolyn. I have been behind. <laughs> yes. I must admit, I've been behind on my normal routine. I usually listen to all this shit live. And if I miss it live, uh, I usually miss it. But I've been missing so many live because of my um, class catch-up and helping students like after hours and uh, grading some projects because it's like almost graduation time for one of the tracks that I was just like, God dang, I need to catch up on some of this. And lo and behold, it's <laughs> catching up on the Hog Story. Uh, and I was like, what could Baron Giant possibly be talking about on NOS? But, uh, Christopher Battles, he got me the gig hosting uh, Hog Story. Yeah, that's right. Hog Story with Spencer and Carolyn. That was excellent. So so thank you there. 
Yeah. And, uh, and now we got a bowl after bowl with Fletcher and DeLorean coming up. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and I need to catch up on the uh, episode with Lightbright last night. Yeah. I saw the Substack drop about it and all the spookiness that it entailed. So uh, it's in my queue, man. It's in, it's in my bloody queue. In my bloody queue. Yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, man, I was thinking back, and I do remember the first time I ever went to a haunted house. Okay. I don't remember my age, but it could, like, I, I had to be single digits. Mm. Probably eight or nine. Something like that. Maybe ten at the oldest, but, uh, was down at Bagnell Dab, the Lake of the Ozarks. They had a little spook house. Oh, one of those, like, touristy, uh, haunted houses? Touristy haunted house thing, yeah. And, um... I only got two rooms in. It was just too much, too much, and I freaked out. Like, I don't, never did that well as a kid, and I did the exit. I was just like, no, no, not going to happen. And still, when I go to a haunted house, much like when I watch, like, a horror movie, um, no matter, like, what the theme, if it's just, like, to fuck you up or freak you out, like, I get, I get super defensive, uh, both when I sense jump scare type stuff coming or when it's like violent stuff yeah i just i'm like i'm always on the defense uh i go to fight or flight and i'm like ready to just like respond like my brain is just working on response instead of just taking it in and uh suspending and just you know like i understand it's fake i understand that it isn't real but my brain is just doing this whole i don't know like respond to respond to trauma like how do how would i apply first aid or neutralize threats or you know all of this shit like yeah and and it's like it's work you're grounded in reality it's just work (laughs) and i like i can't turn that off you know and i don't know i just never have been able to enjoy that kind of thing because i'm always in like the ready to fuck around mode when that kind of stuff goes down and uh i don't know because i had to you know I have to be ready and I've had to be ready other times. And so it's like, I don't know. I've always felt like there's, I don't know. There's like enough of that realness in other places that it's hard for me to let it go when it's just not real. And I know it's not real and it's like, all right. But there's just like this vigilance that remains that I can't set down. So like a lot of times when I'm in this, like if I watch, and I've only done it like a couple of times, but if I'm like in a theater watching a scary movie, I usually am just looking at my knees, not watching the screen and just like both of my fists balled up, just like, just waiting it out and just been like, yeah, you know, this is going to be over. And I just like, it just isn't enjoyable to me. And I don't know, maybe that makes me like a dud, a dud or something. I've just never really got the spark of it, you know, the fun side of it. Now there's like, the whimsical side of Halloween and like uh spooky like ghost and witch stories and like the wholesome you know, like sitting down and watch like Hocus Pocus or something, you know? <laughs> the original. Oh <laughs> all right. Or like the thriller music video, you know? Where it's all like, ooh, spooky dookie, but it's like, you know, there's no like existential threat yeah. going on. Like there's no character I have to rush in. There's no uh, outside, like, thing that I'm going to have to help these characters kill or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not reaching for my uh, weapon, anything like that. Like, it's just, okay, everything's cool. And trick-or-treating and all that stuff, you know? I'm oh, not, like, I'm not like uh, walking around, like, uh, shell-shocked or anything, but um, things like Saw messed me up. 
uh, I don't know. It's you just, saw that too I young, really, didn't you? I can't really put my <laughs> finger on what makes it flip. Because uh, also there's like, uh, you remember, I don't know why, but your grandparents had on this like movie where like. It was a, a Western, like these, but a modern Western. This modern couple gets married and he's like a city guy and she's from this small town and they move back to her small town. And then like these two like bubbas that went to high school with her like breaking the house and like rape her and shit. Yeah. And I'm like, that just fucking, I was just ready to like kill these guys. I was like thinking of all the different ways in which we could kill these guys. And it's like, it was just so much, dude. That's not fun. It's like a bowling ball on my chest. I'm like, I'm just like mad, you know? Yeah. I'm like mad and reactive and ready to snap. There's like not a healthy place to go to just for a, just for a movie that's not even real, you know? Yeah. It's like, this shit isn't even real, man. I need to like lay back. Hostel, I've heard of things. Uh, uh, Hostel is the first m- movie that um, I was eating. The chat uh, brought up Hostel. I was eating during the eyeball scene and was like, well, now I'm done. <laughs> yes. I may have puked in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> I was like, wow, I had a physical reaction to this movie. <laughs> I just, yeah. I wish I wish it could be different. I wish I could just suspend that temporarily for like a two-hour movie. But it's- Saw for me, I mean, it's a... You know, it's a, it wasn't scary. It's like a thriller. I put it almost on like a law enforcement thriller, you know? I loved Saw, the first one. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I do remember taking you to a haunted house when I first met you because, well, I was really into spooky shit. <laughs> like I said, I was like, I got to go to Kansas City. I got to go to these haunted houses. And I ended up making that trip with someone else because I took you to a local haunted house where we met. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, you were cussing out the actors. You were like just looking down at your feet. You were like, <laughs> straight up, something would jump or like there'd be like a saw. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah fuck you, off. Oh, so yeah, fuck you, get out of my face. <laughs> you, you've seen people like, who like get jump scared and punch like actors in the face. Yeah. So that's that's like, you. Usually when I'm going through a haunted house, I'm just trying not to hit people. Yeah. I'm exactly. trying not to react defensively. I'm just trying to like and that's why I don't like to look up. I like to look at my feet. It's not because I'm scared. No, it's although there is a fear element. It's not like I'm not scared at all, right? Right, but there's a fear element, but I'm just like I'm just ready. The wolf comes out. If there's out. a threat, I'm ready to respond to the fucking threat. And so that's like, I just can't turn that off. Yeah. It and was I don't know what horrible. that is. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it was horrible. And I was like, well, I'm like, I'm... I just don't want to, like, I would be so embarrassed if I just jacked a dude in the face at a haunted house because he's acting and trying to fuck with people, you know? Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. So I have no. to, like, take drastic measures to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so wild, man. Like, I don't know. And the one that I had taken you to was pretty, it was more on the theatrical side. Yeah. When you were still pretty fucking angry. And so. Well, and it's tight spaces and then people are jump, like a jump scare is a, a big part of it. There were a lot of jump scares there, yeah. And. But Kansas City was like where they mentally torture you. Like, you know, as soon as an actor finds a weakness, they're like, okay, I'm on this person. And they would have. You would have punched someone <laughs> at a... I can't remember what it's called. Something about hell. Oh, my gosh. I thought that the whole time I was there without you. I was like, yep, that's a good thing when we did not bring Spence. But like you were saying before, with the wholesome side of things, I love haunted history of places. You yeah. know, like looking up like the, yep. the battles that literally or happened under our stories, feet. stories. Things that and you... Things that you're like thoughty or heady. They're in Kansas City... 
everywhere in America. There's so much rooted in prohibition. Historic and, and real life shit. I just think it's this like uh, the clown world fake violence that isn't real. Like I just can't suspend the the reality of it. Yeah, trauma based entertainment. Trauma based entertainment. It uh, doesn't entertain me. It like gets me all jacked up <laughs> on on like and I don't. Like, I want to save that for when shit is actually going down, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, and, I have to be ready if shit actually goes down. So, it, like, I don't want to desensitize myself, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be not ready. So, I don't know. What do you do? What do you do? I, just, I just, like, just, like, I just do what you enjoy. Yeah, that's so what like, I do. If you don't that's know, what I do. I yeah, just, when you like, don't like I just it. do laid back stuff, man. <laughs> that's yeah. all. I just don't put myself in those situations. Exactly. That's all. Yeah. But I don't like, I don't pe- think they're d- like dumb or people shouldn't do them or you're stupid if you do them. Like, I don't think that either. Like, I can, I can objectively stand back and see like the entertainment value that's there. I just can't get it. I, like, I can't get it into myself. Uh, I like what Servo just said in the chat where he said, it takes psychological horror to get to me. And <laughs> I feel that because it's like, I did. I went through a phase where I was watching all the like 80s slashers and stuff. And I just thought, I was like, this is fun. Like, just watching dumb people get sure. massacred and if shit. If it's campy, it's something and like, else. Okay, I will say there's always going to be a soft spot in my heart for the Matthew McConaughey Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> but regardless, so, Japanese horrors, like Asian horror movies, I love the way they fuck with my head. Yeah. And it's not like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh. It's hard to explain. I love that shit, though. And like uh, in the Mouth of Madness, I always bring up that's one of my favorites. I like John Carpenter's work, even Halloween. I wonder what this next caller feels about John Carpenter's work. Hey, ballers, this is Laren. Just getting off work. All uh, right, Laren. Pull over uh, before getting on the interstate, so it'd be a clean call. Uh, glad to hear the Wolf Pack and all the Cubs and everyone had a great Halloween. Oh yeah, Very exciting. So weigh in on the stem and team. Um, I actually have a degree in art. I started off as an engineering, and I can say from the perspective of art, that being science, technology, engineering, and mathematics greatly helps the art. Um, many people I know that are creative have great understandings in all of the STEM subjects, and I've been able to make some fabulous stuff because of having a background in art as well, too. So, just throwing that out there for all the creative types. It's a great point. The first time haunted house, gonna sound kind of cheesy, but uh, growing up in Southern California, the haunted house at Disneyland. Ooh. And uh, I gotta say, just because it's a fun fucking ride and the special effects are so old, but just still so well done, still one of my favorite rides to this day is to see the haunted house. At Disneyland slash Disney World. Um, as far as like a more spooky haunted house, <laughs> um, one here in New Orleans. It used to be at a uh, old plantation. Um, what was it? I think House of Shock? Yeah, that one was pretty intense. I mean, it was you know the whole typical guy with chainsaw, no chainsaw blade stuff, but. They just had some really good fuck with your head moments. So never, not really my be not really my vibe. But it's uh, whoever I was dating would always uh, go down there. 
so on their behalf than mine. But anyway, I hope you all have a great time in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, it is a good uh, point about the artistic types who need to be good at things like uh, either geometry or engineering or, you know, the, the, the things that go into some of the prop making. Uh, and I, I guarantee you that Boo could go on. Booberry the Chat could go on for 83 days just off the top of his dome. Um, the, just the, the amount of science that goes into the lighting that he's involved with. Um, no, no, I get it. That makes sense. Makes sense. I didn't want to disparage all of our artists out there. Um, it, you know, and you also reminded me, by the way, because the Disney Haunted House, the first haunted house I ever actually went through all the way to the end, our church did like a... Oh, no. Like a save them haunted house type thing, where it was like you're saying with the Boy Scouts, where it's like a storyline, right? And so... It starts out outside of the church at this like actual car wreck, mm. and they get like a fire truck and a paramedics to come up there. So it's like they have an actual smashed up car they get from some impound lot or something. Mm. They have like uh, the paramedics pu- like pulling this guy out. The doors on the side because they jaws a life it off, and like they're taking this guy out on a stretcher. So like the story is the guy like dies in a car wreck and then you go into the church and like the storyline is like the whole judgment soul are you going up or down and there's like a hell scene and all this stuff you know it's like this uh, wild evangelical haunted house thing that was like the first one i ever went all the way through and and uh i was gonna say just the seeing the smashed up cars is fucking scary it was uh uh intense especially as a young kid yeah it was probably about the same age then I was probably younger in the lake one and then a bit older, but not much older in the church one. Yeah. No science says Blue Fury. Boo Fury. Boo Fury. Boo Fury. No science, all balls and vaginas of steel. <laughs> uh, team is what uh, Blue Fury is batting for. Technology, engineering, arts, and math. Fuck science. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, you know, everybody's got to have letters and stuff. Edge of Hell was the name of the one of the three haunted houses here in yes. KC in the West Bottoms, and it has an overarching storyline that's similar, but without the preachiness, you know, because it's just like you're going to hell, <laughs> you're here, you're going to hell, and there's a slide. It's in the tall building, and the slide goes. It's a just like a curly slide on the outside of the building from the top floor to like the uh, bottom yes. of the fucking dope. They have the beast over there too. The beast that was a great one, and, and the catacombs, I believe. Yes, yeah. Is that the Edgar Allan Poe specific one? Uh, There's an Edgar Allan Poe one that I didn't get to do. It might literally be called The Raven. I don't remember. That one's a little newer. They've got a bunch of new ones. They're always adding Beast, stuff. The Beast, Edge of Hell, and Catacombs are kind of like the OG ones that have been there since I was a little kid and probably longer. Yeah. The, you always hear the, like the radio commercial. I've, I've not been to any of them, the, by the way, it, f- for reasons already and stated. And that's fine. You can watch uh, videos of them online if you ever get interested in seeing the animatronics and such. But <laughs> the Beast, <laughs> you start off in like Louisiana. It's like uh, you're going through the swamps and shit and then... At one point, I think you're in, like, London with Jack the Ripper and whatever. But there's a Cujo part, and there's an animatronic Cujo that jumps out at you. But uh, it had been lurching forward. Because you know how it's on, like, that 
a spring. I don't know how to describe this. It's like you hear the air pump into their the animatronic before yeah, it like pops a new, out. Yeah, like a pneumonic uh, or pneumatic <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. Pump where it's like... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so this thing, the base of it had been inching forward as it was going over and over throughout the night. And so when we walked through there, the goddamn dog hit me in the fucking kidney, dude. Like, oh. it just smacked me. Yeah, pneumatic and hydraulic servo, says in the chat. Yeah. And so... Uh, like pushing God. thick liquid with uh, lots of pressure, man. Talking about should, dang old science, man. I should have fucking gotten on a lawyer. <laughs> I should have done something, <laughs> but I just had so much fun, you know? I should have. I should have. Like, I, I was still like... I turned around and I let the thing hop out like three more times and was like, this is so fucking cool. I love animatronics. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get up close to all of them. Punch me in the... Tits. Yeah, no, no. I would rather be punched in the tits than the kidney, that's for sure. I, I can... It fucking hurt, dude. <laughs> I would second that. I agree with you. Biggest animatronic I have seen in my life is at one of the Kansas City haunted houses. Nice. Yep. And I've been to Disney World. Well, good for you. Why don't you rub it in? You're not missing <laughs> <on> anything. <laughs> fuck Disney. I'm just playing, I'm shit. Yeah. You, you've passed the uh, the threshold, you know. Well, I've like, been to Silver Dollar City. Yeah, and I haven't. So, way to rub it in. Steal your Dollar City. <laughs> dollar stolen. Confirmed. Uh, what are we going to talk about next week for the first time I ever... Well, I got a big list here of stuff and <laughs> shit and such. And that's a list of like all the cemeteries around. Okay. Oh, that's cool, though. Uh, no, here we go. F-Tie, we did this one. Stayed at a motel, so I would cross that off. And then we just did the haunted house one, so we can cross that off. Yes. Oh, man. Got promoted, got drunk, got fired. Uh, C-Dubs wants, uh, first time I ever did BJJ on the list. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Like that's just going to get thousands of calls. First time I ever did BJJ. <laughs> first time I ever... Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think of like a uh, going with that, but make it more broad. Like first time I ever fought. First time I got a fight. Ooh, I like that. First time I ever fought. Well, get to it, guys. He said. First time you ever <laughs> fought. Yeah. First time I ever fought someone. First time I ever fought someone. I like that. First time I ever fought. Yeah. Uh, somebody. Let's say somebody because it's fun. It's funnier, funnier to say somebody. First time I ever fought somebody. Yep. And then that can be like whether you just like whoop some ass or whether you punch them in the face once or whether you were in karate class or yeah, exactly. Brazilian jiu-jitsu or whatever. It can be any of that. Or it could just be like you were yelling at somebody and they were yelling back <laughs> and then you had sex at the end or whatever, like some people do. Anything. First time you ever fought somebody. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got it in my notes. Cool. Uh, so now that we got that out of the way. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. I tried to do uh, spooky Elaine stories this week, but... Okay. You know, it's a... I don't know. It was kind of a lame news week. They went lame on me with the spookiness. I didn't get enough. But I did see that cockroaches spoiled Halloween... Oh, no. In Detroit on... Well, outside of Detroit in a suburb on one particular street... What did they do? They were infesting the neighborhood. Oh, so, man. So, the trash guys, the bin men, let the city know, hey, we got a, a cockroach infestation at this vacant house. 
and it's starting to spread to the other houses. So the city came in and was like, we can't have trick-or-treaters on this street because the cockroaches could hitch a ride on their costumes as they're walking down the sidewalks. And I was like, that's a little bit of a stretch. So the city now is sending in exterminators to take care of it, but of course everything takes time, and you're on the city timeline, so we'll see if it gets done. Um, But then they kind of doubled back and said, well, you know, walking the street, you could step on the cockroaches and kill them, but their eggs could stick to you and spread and survive and, like, spread across the city. Yeah, and, like, flies could land on your head and whatever. Who gives a shit? God, (laughs) why did the city just, like, leave people the fuck alone? That's the lamest nanny state bullshit. Exactly. It was pretty fucking lame. (laughs) Just one way to ruin Halloween for some folks. Yeah, that's just lame. Uh, Then there was this story, which was just... Okay, it's like... Don't spoil it, just say it. (laughs) Okay, I'll just play it. The longest anyone stayed in this house was six months. Linda Hill says she and her husband had no idea why. In the mirror. After 10 tenants moved out in less than two years, someone told them it was haunted. Did you actually believe that? No. That changed while she was taking a shower. And I was in here. Through the curtain, a dark figure whispered, looking good. And then he turned and walked off. Linda assumed it was her husband until... Her husband walked in. And he said, who were you talking to? And it was like, oh my God. Busted. He swore it wasn't him. It really is haunted. Rumor has it, the house used to be a bordello, which may explain why the ghosts here are, how do I say this? Attracted to Linda? Sexual. (laughs) Okay. No other way to put it. Audio recordings have caught the ghosts talking dirty. Oh, Uh-oh. baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I like it like that. And I would like <laughs> to talk about something uh, else. Like, uh, this door, which is pretty snug. Even when Linda pounds it shut, oh, yeah, pound it finds shut, a Linda. way to open. For those reasons, and many more, Linda gave up on finding tenants and gave the house a name, Hill House Manor, where people can now investigate for themselves. Even though she no longer rents out the house as an apartment, she still has the same problem. If you come Getting here, fucked by ghosts. you do not want to stay. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, the editing was terrible. On that, uh, it but... was edited far too tight. Far too tight, man. They just got to get it all in that 45-second package yeah, or whatever the fuck And when they, they talk in. about the ghost talking dirty, I'm like, give me an EVP. I want to hear a recording of some ghost talking dirty. I got a recording of the ghost. I'm just a nigga that love titties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could have produced a better clip than that. But, mm. you know, again, this isn't a news story. This is an ad for her, her Airbnb. I got a recording of the other ghost. Hey, you see that guy over there? I'm going to fuck that guy. Yeah, that's exactly what the ghosts are saying there. <laughs> oh, man. All I'm, right. I love properties like that, though. Yeah. You know, like, I haven't stayed at the Lizzie Borden house. I've been there. I would stay there. And if I feel like a place like that, too, I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd check it out <laughs> you ever had for your, one night. You ever had your dick shucked by a ghost? <laughs> Especially with the wolf. Growling and punching thin air, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'd be well protected. <laughs> uh, uh, ghosts don't really come around me. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, that is true. Um, we know that from experience when we used to live in an apartment building that used to be a tavern and hotel. 
that place was definitely strange. But. It was definitely haunted, and you experienced none of it. <laughs> and I got the brunt of it and was like, let's yeah. get the fuck out. Oh, we, you had the flash sound. The that flash b- sound was something different. That was like... That was a creeper. Because the roof was right there that outside was the window. That was or some shit, bro. I don't even know what that was, dude. But. I don't like thinking about it. Oh, the flash sound. <laughs> And it was so fucking bright. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. My eyes are watering. Think about it. <laughs> that was so scary. Uh, in Maryland, a family ordered a prop casket for their Halloween party and ended up finding a dead woman's belongings along with her ashes inside of it. Score. Uh, all I have to say is this is what you get when you order from Fag Bag Marketplace. Oh, jeez. Because that's where they got it. Uh, Yeah, the woman had been a community pastor who passed on at 74 years young. The the woman who was the Ashes? Yes, the Ashes. (laughs) The Ashes were a woman. (laughs) The Ashes formerly known as woman. Yes, exactly. And uh, these items they found taped under the cardboard inside of the casket. Oh. Wow, I didn't know there was cardboard in the casket. I guess. It reminds me of like when you're sitting in a bunch of like folding chairs and then they're like everyone check under Which, your chair somebody yeah. has a magic prize taped to the bottom of the chair yeah and but the items were a picture of the woman her death certificate which of course has her social security number and like some, birthday some and everything you need private sensitive information yeah. yeah and her hospital bracelet damn so uh they were able to get in touch with well okay with, with the social security they, office they're no, getting some checks rolling they back used yet? social media and posted all about it and the granddaughter saw it and was like mom they have grandma's casket and grandma's stuff wow so the mom and granddaughter got a hold of these people after they posted it all over fucking social media and were like hey you know that's grandma can we have her back please <laughs> and they were like oh yeah absolutely no grandma for you but uh, god that would make me so mad if i saw my loved ones shit all over social media like that you know it's just like you get someone's ashes you just figure out who they are and get them to the family you know you don't need to like make videos about it oh my being, god but can you believe that like a chair ah fucking midwits <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> have some god dang respect. God, In the United <coughs> Kingdom, a woman is calling for a Halloween decoration ban because the keep out sign that a local store posted on the bathroom confused her. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. She could probably be compu- confused by somebody farting in an open room. Yeah, all I can see is that Karen scarecrow. It yeah. said to keep out, but I had to urinate quite badly. This is what happens when you put a Momo mask on something. It starts posting online, demanding the banning of Halloween decorations. It's in the computer. Uh. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, so she, uh, you know, because of this one incident, which... Hilariously enough, um, when we were at Science City, there's a little black light maze that's always there, but they had it, you know, decorated for Halloween. And so above the door, it says, enter here. And then the window right inside said, keep out. And we laughed, you know. Yeah. You and I, we pointed to both and we're like, ha ha, mixed message. Yeah, exactly. 
but I'm not demanding a ban on... I didn't, you know, actually keep out. No, I'm not a fucking idiot. I realize it's Halloween. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> keep out is like a staple of the spooky Especially Halloween if it's in stuff. like spooky lettering or text, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this lady didn't pee her pants or anything, so I don't well, really what know. What if she did even? Yeah. No, fuck That's you. her own fault. First time you ever peed your pants, lady? Oh, that's a good one. Have we done that? First uh, time you ever, first peed, time your you ever peed your pants? I know no. we've talked about pooping. No. Nope. <laughs> I think we did first time we ever shit your pants. Yeah. <laughs> that was a surprising reaction. People loved it. Yeah. Anyway. People like talking about poop. Yeah, anyway, in Rhode Island... Uh, some fishermen discovered a bomb from World War II after they pulled it up in their fishing net. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they contacted the Coast Guard, who then requested assistance from the Navy, and it was ID'd as a World War II MK6 depth charge. It contained 267 pounds of TNT and was detonated uh, a mile away from the coast, mm. and it says it had a 520-pound depth charge. Oh, it is a depth charge, and it weighed 520 pounds. Imagine Oof. reeling that in. You're like, oh, man, we caught so many fish, we are good <laughs> for a long oh, time. a big one. No, it's the old Mark VI. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> put it back, put it back. Yeah, call the gourd. Yeah, so um, looking into a little history, there was a battle that took place off of Point Judith, Rhode Island, just down the coast from Narragansett, uh, on May 6, 1945, when a German U-boat, 853, was sunk by a U.S. destroyer and Coast Guard frigate. So they had, when they were trying to defeat this uh, German sub, they put 195 of these explosives in the water. And last August, a Danish company that was putting wind turbines up stumbled across 11 of them. So they need to start tallying what might be left out there. Uh, if they care about the environment, you know. Round that shit up, yeah. Think about the fish. <coughs> the world's dirtiest man is dead. <coughs> this story really bothered me. It's very sad. I'm, fi um, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. He was an Iranian, he was 94 years old, and he refused to bathe for 60 years because he was afraid it would make him sick. Based. Yeah. So they made a documentary about him in 2013. Um, it's called The Strange Life of Amu Haji. Who takes the crown now for dirtiest, man? Oh, there's a guy in India that they're looking at. But you know what happened here? <laughs> serious i can get his name for you if you want you were so ready with that yeah but you like this okay prepare to get angry this dude was afraid to take showers because he thought it would make him sick okay and he's in this village mm -hmm. and the other villagers he's got no family no wife no kids these villagers are like you have to shower it's been six decades he took a shower, he got sick, and he died what? at the age of 94. The fuck? Why would you make the world's dirtiest man take a shower? How dare you? 
That is the most tragic thing I've heard this whole episode, dude. I know. And I just picture these people, like, forcing him to shower. You know, because he's 94 years old. He's a frail just old Just leave man. him alone. It's been working this whole time. Yeah. 60 years. Oh, man. Isn't that... That is one of the most hazardous things to your health is other motherfuckers trying to tell you how to live your shit. Fucking midwits, I'm telling you. If you have this uh, sense that taking a shower is going to make you sick... Bah, don't take a shower. Trust that, you know? Oh, it just made me so mad. Proved yeah. him right in the worst type of way. Yeah, first I'm like, okay, world's dirtiest man dead. Hmm. And then it's like, because he took a shower. I thought of Fuck those people. Yeah, man. You got a lot of explaining to do, village. Yeah. You bunch of pious assholes. Well, I guess the Mississippi River is looking a little low. Because oh. of... Uh, Lack of rain and some yeah. droughtage going on. Bit droughty. Bit droughty this season. So there is this kid walking along it. I say kid. He's 21. He's a, a metal detector enthusiast. And he also likes collecting historical artifacts and such. And he saw something laying in the rocks that turned out to be Civil War relics. All right. And he knew exactly what they were. Just by walking by them. Yeah. Um, Metal detector guys always know, like, all of the possible shit they could find in the area they're in. and Yeah. They're all well-researched. They're history they, buffs. They know what they're looking for. They're like, okay, in this area, what metal could exist? And they, like, already know all of it. I guess this was under the I-55 bridge in Memphis, Tennessee. He found a Union Army cartridge box plate and bullets just sitting in the rocks. And this dude has cataloged... More than 75,000 artifacts around the country. Isn't that crazy? 75,000 artifacts. 75,000. That's a shitload, man. Yeah, and he's 21. He's on, his, he's on off to a great start, man. He didn't even need his metal detector for this one. He's he was gonna, just sitting there. He's going to just build his own museums, several of them. You did hear some pin slap, by the way. I did want to mention 6969 from Boobery earlier. Woo! Out of Boo CLI. 69! 69, dudes! Uh, he said, all the spooky mamas, throw your hands up. Ew. We'll see them hands. Uh, and then, uh, 17776. Ah. Uh. The long freedom, the freedom extender from Boobery. And uh, he says, I love the haunts, the spooks, the mind fucks, haunted attractions, get every Jimmy I own stewarded. <laughs> A critical eye makes quick work of bullshit jump scares. Shit is so... Uh, give me that eerie lighting, that splatter, that blood on the wall. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you love it. I love that you love it, man. And people that get, like... Like, I appreciate the good art kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly. I see it everywhere when it's good art, you know? Good art doesn't fuck with me. But when it's just people... Like, there's this certain energy that's put out where people are like trying to fuck with you and they're trying to like push that line further but get away with it too like sometimes there's that and i'm just always on edge always on edge because of that kind of shit especially if you know the actors that can be the absolute worst i used to (laughs) when i was in high school i had friends who uh were in the town over and that town always put on a great haunted house so i'd go there but then they knew me so then they'd just be mean of course and I'm You're like, a target. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, there's Lorian. Go get her. Lame. But Booberry's not lame. Booberry's the Boo-berry. best. We love boobs. Yeah. Okay. Dirty man died. Boy finds Civil War relics. That's awesome. 
A federal judge just ruled in favor of some bikini baristas. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Long live the bikini news. baristas. I still have yet to go to one of those because they're all in like Washington State. Yes, this is a coffee stand that opened in Everett, Washington. Yep, thank you. Entitled Hillbilly Hotties. I may have done some uh, searching. Yeah, well, this case has been going on for five years, so you've had time to. Um, so Hillbilly Hotties opens up. And all these babes and milfs come out wearing whatever they fucking want to. Bikinis. Let me see what it look like. Or like those nice one pieces that are like fishnet and shit. I uh-huh. saw all sorts of things in the videos I was watching for this and looking up the place. <laughs> Did you see her breasts? Anyway, they open up and then uh, the town decides to enact a dress code ordinance. Oh, boo. Specifically for quick service facilities. Ah, uh, targeting. Like... Yeah, fast food or coffee stands uh, that requires employees to wear clothing that covers the upper and lower body. So a woman Mm. opened up a lawsuit. She said, yeah, fuck that. We're not doing that. Good for her. (laughs) And this is targeting, you know? Yeah. What what the fuck happened to equal protection? Yeah, exactly. Can't pass a law that discriminates against just us. So the federal judge ruled uh, in the ruling, which was only 19 pages, uh, said that it violated the equal protection. Yeah, clauses. he did. Finally, somebody oh. standing up for equal protection. Yeah. Fucking thank you. Of both the U.S. Constitution and the Washington State Constitution. Now do weed. Uh, and then says that this was at least in part shaped by a gender-based discriminatory purpose because it prohibited clothing that women wear, not men. Uh, you know, defined as bikinis midriff revealing shirts scoop back shirts i was like scoop back shirts you gotta be joking me. i'd scoop her back a little a little back never bothered anybody that feels so good so uh now the court has directed the city to meet with the plaintiffs within 14 days to discuss the next steps but according to the associated press it sounds like there is going to be an appeal of course. and they're looking at <laughs> different ways to require dress codes that are, you know, laid out Not to be men bias. and women. Yeah, Just exactly. leave them the fuck alone. I know. If you don't want the titty, don't go to the titty. Right, exactly. Like, they're making their money. Yeah. Just let a person and do don't the follow job it on choose. Instagram yeah. and don't, uh, you know, drive through with your coffee. You know, get your coffee at Prudes R Us like uh, some fucking Prude would. Exactly. Jesus. I know, it's like you I hate to- that shit. It's like... That's fine. You don't like this stuff. That's fine. Then just don't like it over there where it isn't. Exactly. Live your live your life. Yeah. Ain't nobody getting hurt. It's plenty just... of people having a great time and uh, generating a tax revenue, which is what everybody fucking hand rings about all the time. Like, just leave them alone. Exactly. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's an honest job. Yeah. And plus, fuck censorship of any kind. You don't want to listen to certain music, don't listen to it. You don't want to see certain movies, don't watch them. You don't want to see babes in bikinis handing out coffees, don't fucking drive there. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, one location. What's going on in our town? It's like, uh, lady, you have no fucking idea what's going on in your town. Seriously. And you shouldn't. It's none of your goddamn business. Yeah. A uh, Florida woman made the news this week because uh, she pled guilty to lying to enter a detention facility. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I guess. During the pandemic and since then, only legal visits have been permitted. And she really wanted to see her partner, her romantic interest. I mean, I don't know if they're 
dating. I was going to say boyfriend, but she wanted to see a guy. She really wanted to see a guy. Let me see what it looked like. So she said, oh, I'm a paralegal on his case. Ah. <laughs> and she got in. <laughs> and anyways, uh, then, of course, she got caught because they and were he probably. Got it in. Yeah, likely. The details were not given, but um, she got caught. And so she pled guilty and was sentenced to one year probation and 50 hours community service. Ah, oh, they didn't throw her in there with them? No. <laughs> Could have worked out perfectly. But right? I was like, yeah, you know, if I was. If the wolf was locked up in a detention facility and they were like, the only legal visits, I'd be like, yeah, I'm legal. <laughs> that is somebody's penis. No, what you would have gone is you would have like got out and got a paralegal job and then just went in there. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. You would have just back gone, it up for yeah, sure. You would have just been like, no, I'm good now. Look, flashed a card or something, waved a badge. Yeah, and then they could just yell at me for hopping up and down on your dick or whatever. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it would have to be... That? have to be a separate issue like well there's a conflict of interest like, okay <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh, and my final story for the lands tonight is just such a wholesome feature about oh boy a second grader here in the great show me state um whose mom showed up to school with some balloons for his eighth birthday and as they were walking to the car um he happened to lose his handle on them, and they oh, floated no. away 500 miles to Tennessee. Oh, my God. Where they were discovered by a man mowing his lawn, uh, stuck to his fence. And the envelope was still on them that had the business name that the balloons came from, along with the boy's school name, which was, if you care, is Mount Grove. Okay. <laughs> it was Mount Grove. I'll write it down. So <laughs> he called the Mount Grove Elementary School, and found out, oh, is that kid's birthday? And he's like, okay, cool. I want to do something special for him since he lost his balloons and they landed in my yard. So he went to his little wood shop and he made him a baseball bat and engraved his name on it and sent him a letter with a hundred bucks. All right. Yeah. All cash, baby. He talked about how mowing is kind of like his zen. It's his quiet time to reflect on his week. And <sighs> he talked about praying. And it's where he that, communes with God, man. Yeah, exactly. That day, specifically, he said he had asked God how he could bless other people and then found the balloons on the fence. Uh, value. So I was like, that, that's the most wholesome story I've so, ever read, I think. so touching. I love it. That's one of the greatest strikes of all time. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's why we're going out on that one. <laughs> oh, man. That is how to walk away from the lanes. Like all slow-mo with the lanes just blowing up behind you. Put sunglasses on. And you walk out of there. With all the bowlers at your side. Another one behind you. And another one to come. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll definitely be back next Tuesday. Same time. Same stations. Streaming on the No Agenda stream and Bowl After Bowl at stream.bullafterbowl.com 9 o'clock every Tuesday Central US time right after THM Plug wraps up also Bowls with Buds you can catch it whenever we least expect it always got something in the works till next time I will remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City and I'll be Dame Dolorian 
May your bowls burn ever brighter, bowlers. Shout out. Shout out. DeLorean, shout out. Call it a lucky shot, whatever. Lots of weed. Cannabis use disorder. Also known as cud. <laughs> Dope smoking. Dope smoking. Ugh. Dope smoking. Recalcitrant boot. Dope smoking. Dope, dope, dope smoking. Cotton gin. Dope smoking. This is a new live son of a bitch. Oh shit, yes. Oh shit, yes. So good. That was the last copy I slapped. Bowl after bowl.com.